0: hello you beautiful people my name is Davi vieta happy new year and welcome to the redox cinema podcast and you guys know i'm joined by my co-host charlie maderos but y'all we got a very very special special news for you guys We are expanding our team. We have our third co host, and we would like to introduce the big boy. (laughs) That's my name, (laughs) Abraham Maderos. Welcome to the Redox Cinema Podcast. So, guys, so from now on, Redox Cinema Podcast will be hosted by three guys Charlie Maderos, Abraham Maderos, and myself. David, Vierda, welcome to the team, bro. We are so excited for the new year, and just new films coming out as well.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm I'm kind of surprised that after all the voice cracks, I'm allowed back here. But you know, it's cool to be here, and uh, and let's see what what this year brings for Redox Cinema and, and film. I'm excited. I'm I'm just super excited. A lot of pressure. You
3: you know, a lot of things that you say about films can be uh, hardly judged now by our audience. So hey, man whatever my opinion that is very. That is. be wise that
0: is very true that's what you say
2: that is
1: (laughs)
0: very true yeah man very true yeah but i mean all right so before we get on with the new year i mean we have to look back at 2021 um what a year for films um i mean we had some great celebration movies that came out movies that um were trending topics on twitter even with the pandemic, people still want, still went out to the theaters and saw movies. Even some people that wanted to stay home, they got the hybrid releases where people got to watch at home. We just, I, I want to say that we had a great year for films, even though with agree, the yeah. circumstances that we had. Right. We just had some amazing movies that we should talk about and that we should, you know, look back at. So, want to, you know, show how we're doing this. But for today's episode, um, we are doing our top ten favorite films of 2021. Um, we do not have the same list. We each have our... Or who, f- knows? We who knows? Seen who ones? knows? Yeah, yeah, we each so have... Saying. Yeah, facts. <laughs> we each we each have our, our favorite top 10 movies. Um, Abraham will list off, Charlie will list off, and I will list off. But we'll start from number 10 and we'll go up to our favorite film of 2021. So. No pressure, guys. There's literally no pressure. But at the end of the day, they're just movies, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's based on what you like. Just movies. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's it's our passion, but yeah, Yeah. if you like it, you like it, and that's all that matters. Right,
2: it's just an opinion. Opinion. At the end of the day, it's everybody's subjective. You like what you like, and that's fine. As long as we keep getting to see good movies coming out, we're
0: happy. And this is what it's all about—having great discussions. So I'm so excited to get this discussion going. So, with that being said. Number 10. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Jeremy Johns. Love it. All right. So number 10. All right. Let's start with number 10. Um, Abe. Start the you You're the starting ball me first? Yeah, we're going. We'll wow. start with Abe.
2: I don't know if this number 10 is gonna be controversial or if it should be higher or lower. I don't know. Also, I, full disclaimer, I put this list together today. So <laughs> Yeah, we kind of be... just gave him short notice. Yeah, straight Apologies. up. Apologies. All good. It's okay. I'm happy to be here, but I don't know how happy I'm going to be with my list after the fact. So, without further ado, we'll just get into it. Let's do it. My number 10 is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story.
1: Ooh. Nice.
2: Yeah. Whoa. Well, that's my Good that's my number 10. One. Okay. And I, do I well, so should I would I let you guys say yours or should I say mm, why? You can like, you can say why. Yeah. Um so if anybody who knows me well, I'm not a huge musical person, and you guys know that. There are very few musicals that I will sit through. Well, like, here's the thing. I don't mind going to a performance, like, a if I went to a school play. I've never seen a Broadway show, so that's as much as I can say. Like, a school play or a theater puts on a performance of a musical. I could go and enjoy myself, but I have a hard time doing that with films. And I think that's just the narrative style. Like, if it's constantly singing, you know, trying to tell a story, sometimes it bothers me. Um, I won't get as much you know out of it and it kind of loses me in the narrative but when they do it right it it can sometimes be you know some of my favorite films like La, La Land is an unreal film for me it's one of my favorites um and I don't know I thought West Side Story was was super enjoyable um I had I had not seen the original one Charlie has seen it and told me so many times to watch it but I hadn't seen the original I went in kind of completely blind and I wanted to do that to make sure that I understood the narrative the entire way through. And honestly, thought the movie just, you know, told the story beautifully from what I could tell from Charlie and what I researched, uh, a lot of the subject matter and what happened in the original kept true. But, you know, it was a different spin, a little bit um, more modernly done, but still yeah. kept that feel yep. of, was it Charlie, 60s or 50s? 60s. 60s. Yeah. Um, so you could still feel that 60s feel, but it just felt new and, and fresh and I had a good time. I uh, have a very good yeah. time watching it. And honestly, I've been like, I've, I keep thinking about that movie. I'm like, yo, I would watch it again. And I like want to see other people watch it. You know, when you want to watch someone else's reaction to a movie that you mm-hmm. like, I've, uh, that's a movie I've been thinking about a lot. So that's, that's at my number 10. Wow. Um. Also just to the actors, Um. Ansel Elgore was great. Um, Rachel Ziegler was at her first role. First role. Yeah. Um. And then Ariana DeBose, I think is the, the girl who plays Anita. Mm-hmm. I thought she killed it. Yeah, um, and I have the name of the actor here. She's um, gonna be front runner, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah. She she'll, I think she'll definitely win for I, supporting actress. You think? So. Oh, first, yeah, supporting actress, supporting actress. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then uh, Mike Faced is the guy who plays Riff. Oh, <sighs> yeah. He was awesome. He yeah. stole the show for me. Anytime that he was yeah. on camera, I agree. I was like, Yo, he's he's fire. And I don't, I hadn't recognized him in anything else, but he was very very good. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that movie was great. Had a lot of fun, and I will definitely watch it again and recommend it to people. Pick, pick. Give number ten. I like that. I know
0: that's a good start. Thank you. Bad. <laughs> I can stand.
2: <laughs> I'm seal of approval. I, I give
3: ahead. my
0: number ten. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
3: All right. My number ten uh might be shocking to you guys. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Fast nine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. Don't you ever disrespect me like that ever again. <laughs> no disrespect to the fast fans. No, all the disrespect. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all deserve it. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: Leave, uh, them Leave
2: them alone. <laughs> what do they do
1: to you? <laughs>
3: Dude, Fast 10's, yeah. Right. It's coming, and oh my God. I'm going to watch it. We probably will. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Fast 9. That's how dumb I am. You I'm going to watch it. You <laughs> anyway, My number 10 goes to Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. What? Yeah. Wow. my number 10. Yeah. What? I that would shock you guys. My, my, Wait. My, my list is going to be shocking to you guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, wow. The, the reason it goes for number 10 for me um, is because Adam McKay is someone who, I mean, I watched Step Brothers. I was in high school. If you guys didn't know, he directed Step Brothers. And, um, and Ricky the, Bobby. Talladega Ricky and Bobby, Bobby. He did a lot of the comedies I'll that be, yeah. nowadays... Like you can't—it's re- hard to get greenlit these days, you know. Uh, comedy has gone in a very interesting direction, and because of like certain cancel culture, all this stuff. Like, you can't say a lot of the same things they used to be able to say mm-hmm. in comedy, and comedy has like become offensive to people. I don't know why, because that's the whole point of comedy—is it's it's a, jo- it's a joke; mm-hmm. it's not true, mm-hmm. you know. But um, there were there were a lot of things that he said in that movie in a, in a very like modern way of not you know being super like I don't know uh on the nose about it like he was with like older movies that he did like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights all that
2: it was more discreet
3: it was more discreet um but that's what I thought was like kind of genius about it Mm -hmm. was because it was very satirical and done so in a very good way and he wasn't afraid to say certain things that people are afraid to say these days so Mm
1: -hmm. yep
3: for me, that is the number 10. And I thought everybody did a great job. It was funny. I laughed. I enjoyed myself. Everybody did a great job. And it was really good to see Jennifer Lawrence back on the screen after yes.
0: her break. Yeah. So. And she'll probably go into another break because she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But,
3: but you know she, what? She got paid. So whatever, whatever. as much her. as we can get from her I going
0: forward, so I'll be
3: happy because yeah. she's, she's great. She's great. And she's great in the movie. Leo, always killing it. And
0: um, yeah, great, great,
3: great
2: cast. cast. Cast was great. Yeah. It's just a good time. Yeah, it really is. It it's fun. a good
0: time. I think when you watch it with a big group of people, I think it it, it definitely has a big effect because we watched it all together and yeah. we were laughing. We were just having a
2: great time watching yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, I, and one of the things Charlie talks about with comedy is. You know, people can get offended easily, but I think everybody gets made fun of in this film. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where you can always, you can kind of all relate and be like, oh, okay, I see where that is, and how that points to this group of people. Exactly, um, and in a way, it's kind of like a little wake up call. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, hundred percent. And it, it's funny because I think that, and this is a controversial pick because of the fact that a lot of critics didn't love this movie. Because I don't know, we can get this entire that whole film can be its own episode. Because yeah, there, there's things to like and dislike about it regardless but there i think that uh people are interpreting it very differently Mm -hmm. um but the way i interpreted it was you know adam mckay was just kind of very slyly making fun of everybody and the people who kind of got made fun of some of the people couldn't take the joke and i guess they were like this is tone deaf or whatever else, and it's like no, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's <whole point>, yeah. <laughs> the whole point of yep. this is, yeah. and, is and, that's, and that's
3: and that's how that's what comedy is supposed to be, right? You know, Yeah. Well, I mean, I that's agree. just what it's supposed to be. And yeah. also, maybe a little bit of a bias towards this movie because I, I just enjoyed seeing a film that was shot in our hometown.
2: Yeah, man, it was Shout shot, shot in our mass. Yeah, it was
3: shot in our shot our, in our hometown. hometown. We were sharing the same air as yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, it's Jennifer Lawrence, Leo, Leo yeah. Timothy, Timothy, even. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, we Meryl Streep. This was like in
0: the height of the pandemic and we, re, we
3: yeah, couldn't we should, like go see them, yeah. you know.
0: They had like blocked off the road. Yeah. And it was yeah, it was it was it was cool to see Hollywood and premium. Yeah. That's where we're from. Um it what really upset me about this film was that it just what upsets me about Netflix in general is that I think this movie deserved a theatrical yeah, release. I agree. It deserved it I so agree, much yeah. because us just watching it with how many people that we saw it with had me thinking like oh my gosh i wonder what the the reception would have been if this had you know a long theatrical release yeah Where you're in a room with a ton of people watching this yeah it would I, have been interesting
2: i thought the the release of it was kind of anticlimactic like it kind of released and people didn't really talk too much about it after the fact obviously there was a lot going on around you know spider-man yeah. Man was releasing around the same time and you had yeah these end of the year films that were all kind of releasing but uh, maybe that's part of, partially uh, part of the reason you look at the film schedule and they're like, uh, you know, all these movies competing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I do wish I got to see it in theaters, but still a great time. Um, I give it a thumbs up, Charlie. Good job. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good ten. pick. It's a good that's number ten, right? I mean.
0: yeah, all right. I like it. Go ahead, Davi. Um, oh gosh, um, at number ten, um, wow, it is Spider-Man: No Way Home. Wow. Good. <laughs> I have okay. it at number ten. Okay, and I I enjoy this film. Um, there were just more movies that I I was more uh, I liked more, mm-hmm. but I have to put this movie on my list because of what it did. Yeah. Um, this is a historical film. Um, I think it's gonna go down in the history books of movie theaters and cinema in general. Even if you think it's not cinema, I I think it is cinema because it's going in the history books. And what we saw. Right was just nuts. I mean, it's probably the greatest fan service ever made. Um, yeah. It it was something that, you know, I'm going to go down the line telling everyone, look, I got to experience this opening night, and I am so glad that I did because that environment that we were in with this film was just amazing. It was beautiful. It was, uh, it was emotional. It was everything. This movie put us through all the emotions, right. and that's... What you love to see is a studio who, a studio that caters to the fans and listens to the fans, and I get, obviously the movie does have flaws, but it, it's awesome when you see a studio that is listening and creates something that everyone can enjoy and have a good time with, right. and that was Spider-Man No Way Home for me.
2: Yeah, that, that's the thing, because you have films here, you, you you have films that came out this year that were... Films created for filmmakers and film enjoyers, and then you have like films that are like we created this for the fans. Okay. And I think that Spider Man was one of those films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely created for you know comic book fans, Spider Man fans. Mm-hmm. Um It was great. It a was
0: it was a love letter to the character, yeah, and it was beautiful to see. Yep, you know, it felt like we were seeing a, a love letter being written as the story went on. And right, um, I agree. I just want to you know engage, just continue applaud. uh, John Watts, Amy Pascal, and Kevin Feige. Um you guys are killing it. I don't yeah. know. You guys probably don't listen to this, but keep doing what you're doing because you guys are doing really well with this character and I just hope you guys have a good direction with it yeah. with the next trilogy. Agreed. All right. So, with number 9, do you want to go me with number 9 and then we just go want to snake it. Let's go ahead. Yeah, we'll snake it. Yeah. it. We'll snake go go it. do a snake draft. All right. So, call we'll do snake draft. So, with this next one, I'm going to be I'm going to do I'm going to give some climax to it.
1: Okay, Um,
2: build it up a little bit. Give me the suspense.
0: I know you two do not, would not expect me to put this movie on the list, but I'm going to say this. When it comes to being a filmmaker, right? Okay. And when you get a film that a studio lets you take full control of it and you get to make what you wanted to do with it, Mm. it's amazing to see. And we got that with this film. Okay. I've seen this twice already. And the second time watching it, I was like, bro, how can you not appreciate this? When you got a movie that the studio basically let you take full control of it and apologized to you. And it was like, yo, we're sorry. Oh, I know where this is going. We're <laughs> sorry. And <laughs> you know. you can take and we'll, we'll redo it for you. And that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. I know you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I haven't seen it. I I saw it for a second time recently, and I fell in love with it. It is something that you appreciate even more because obviously it is a fan service film as well, but it's also a service to Zack Snyder who got his cut finally released. Mm. And just to see his direction of it, Made me
2: appreciate the movie even more. The film is great, in my opinion. I Can you give a little background for people who don't know okay. where how Justice League was released? Just a little short summary yeah, yeah, of like, Justice okay. League was released and what happened yeah, with Snyder Okay, cut. so when Justice League uh, first released, um, it,
0: Zack Snyder was behind the project. But while they were filming uh, the original cut, Zack Snyder had to drop out due to a loss in the family. And... They had to bring in a new director, so they brought in Josh Whedon, who did the original Avengers. But when he came in, um, Warner Brothers just came in with so many like regulations, like the movie had to be under two hours, Mm. and they were they were very they were controlled by Warner Brothers to get this film the way that Warner Brothers wanted them Mm -hmm. to make. So it was it was horrendous. That movie was a joke, and to be honest, I didn't even
2: see josh Whedon cut i was what it came on tv when i was at my girlfriend's (laughs) house for thanksgiving and i was looking at it and i was like what am i watching this is so it looked like a cw superhero show
0: it was and it was a horrible time on set no one was the environment was really bad Mm -hmm. and then movie released um ben affleck actually came out with a quote a couple days ago he said it was obviously one it was i'm gonna basically i think he says like his worst time ever on set Jeez, and it, it was just not good um but then movie came out, fans hated on it, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And then rumors started going around that um, they basically had all the footage that was shot for Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. like, storage, in yeah. storage. So um, fans began to petition, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, and um, on Twitter, and then it got to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers agreed to release the Zack Snyder Cut. Uh, they did do some reshoots for the Zack Snyder cut, and um, they had, I think they put down, I think, over $40 million for VFX and to make sure the film was set the way that Snyder wanted it to be. Wow. And they released it on HBO Max, and it was an awesome experience. That's and cool. And I am so happy that Zack Snyder got his, his cut, and I honestly think it's probably the best DC uh, Universe film released wow. in this time. In and this time? What do you mean in this, time? In this In this year? In this not this year? Like DC Universe film, DCEU? Oh okay, yeah, okay, DC yeah. Universe film that mm-hmm. is done. I think it's wow. the number one. DC Universe wow. film.
2: I, I'll say this. So so the original cut or not the original cut, but the the Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. It was less than two hours long. Dude, I think it's like it caps at two hours and something. Dude, that is impossible <laughs> for for superhero and the, movies. And the
0: Zack Star cut is four, four hours, hours long. Yeah, it's a long movie,
2: and that's why I think a lot of people <laughs> have it Well. There's a good amount of people who, who like superhero movies who still haven't seen it. It's just the mm-hmm. four hours is daunting, and that's yeah. probably why I haven't seen it. Um maybe it's a part one, part two kind of uh, thing for I'm me. gonna
0: say this. That was probably the fastest four hours that I've ever uh sat through. Wow. Um I the four hours went by so quick. That's I was crazy. I was shocked at how fast the movie was going by. Um maybe it's different for you guys, but for me, um it just it just perfected, not perfected, but it, it just cleared up, you know, all the hate that we had for Bland, Bad yeah. Afflecks, Batman, mm-hmm. for Cyborg, who was treated horribly. Mm. You know, it just gave respect to those characters. Yeah. And that's why um, it's my eighth favorite film. Yeah. My ninth favorite film. No.
3: Oh. Do you need to have, like, watched the other uh, ones to
2: really understand no. just as so no, no, you can go right into it. Okay. I might give it a shot. Might give it a shot. I have not watched yet. I saw um jeremy johns on youtube he's his number it, one, his number is number one number one number one and that's huge i mean obviously he's a huge comic book guy yeah. and if you like superheroes that's big but you know we just talked about fan service with spider-man and the fact that fans petition for the original cut of the film to be made um it just speaks to you know the grip that comic book movies have on the world <laughs> yeah um, so i think that's huge and, and it's cool it's cool it's cool to see the fact that People, er, everyday people, are involved mm-hmm. in the fact that it, this movie was actually made and mm-hmm. produced, so people could see. It was, it was,
0: it was a great year for superhero movies.
3: Yeah, no, we got, oh, we, we, got, got, got a, bunch we got a bunch of got a really bunch. Yeah.
2: So
0: yeah.
3: Quick side note: in mm-hmm. case you guys hear any strange noises, I have my dog <laughs> laying on my lap, and she's like snoring and, <laughs> and, and whining and
2: shaking and all that stuff. Ruby <laughs> is passed out right now, and Charlie's laying here. She barely fits on the couch. She, she is legs. part of the podcast now yeah. as well.
3: Welcome, Ruby. Say something to the people. Nothing to say. All right, it's all good. <laughs> we love it. Number nine goes uh, to you, me. Okay, mm-hmm. my number nine for 2021 is drum roll, please. I don't have a sound effect for that on the board. <laughs> okay. Joel Cohen's tragedy of Macbeth.
1: Wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. Who is that number nine?
3: Ooh. Uh, nice. Reasons being, I thought this movie was just so masterfully crafted and it just embodied, like, when you when you talk, you know, cinema and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like, it embodies that, mm-hmm. you know? You have the classical William Shakespeare-esque language and the incredible cinematography in it. And the entire time I was watching this movie, I got um, memories of when I was a kid watching The Wizard of Oz for the first time because a lot of the sets are like studio sets and you can kind of tell Mm -hmm. that they're studio sets just like in the wizard of oz but they're designed so well and yeah the entire way through i was like engaged even though i walked into the movie probably like a couple minutes late and missed some stuff because i got to the theater late but you guys were already watching they missed too much but
2: just opening shot
3: yeah um even like the witch Yo, the, the witches and the
2: show. who played whoever played that witch do you know Davi? Uh,
3: I don't know her name, name but she me. was incredible
2: she stole the show for me when she was on when she was on screen and mm-hmm. I mean for those who haven't seen Macbeth it's um it's not in the language of the original what Shakespeare was written but it's like in the translated version so it's still very shakespearean language um so like to some people that might turn you off of it but it just felt like you were watching you know play and cinema combined yeah. and it was just it was yeah. cool every single set was like you you it was like the curtain closed and opened up and like the spotlight hit every single time you're you're in a new scene um which i thought was super cool very good use of like editing and cinema. it was great it was and like fun.
3: denzel did a great job yeah. um francis mcdormand incredible it's like crazy. towards the you know later half of this film when she starts to kind of like lose her mind a little bit crazy crazy good and like, just like you said, like the witches, the witches are what stole the show for me. Mm-hmm. And like their, the witch chant, the famous witch chant, like the double, double, bubble, bubble. Well, I yeah. forget what it is. I think it's bubble, bubble, right? No. Double, 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 toil and trouble. Toil and trouble. Yeah. that she, They delivered it so well. Mm-hmm. And it just Great. felt like, it felt like a very good uh, cross between theater and cinema together.
0: Mm. felt like I was watching a play. Yeah, that's how when I was watching it. it was mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like it's just I feel like this belongs in Broadway. Mm-hmm. When I was mm-hmm. watching this,
3: I felt like it. I felt like it crossed as a film very well because mm-hmm. I've seen like other uh, interpretations of Shakespeare plays have not crossed over into film very well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But this one was one of the only ones that I think did.
0: Have you seen the original Romeo and Juliet?
3: I have, and I yeah. thought it, it's good. And mm-hmm. then. um they did that weird modern remake twist with Leonardo Leo. DiCaprio and yeah. whatever in the '90s, and that one was just like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah,
0: that <laughs> was a good. They're
3: using like the Shakespearean language, it's but like modern twist. There's mm-hmm. guns and crap. On, yeah. Like <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. So like, this is one of the few that I thought, you know, still kept true to what Macbeth is as a story and the timeline or the time period, but also just like masterfully directed. The and I think it's going to compete for cinematography. Oh, yeah. I really do think so.
0: I think so, too. Um, I, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but I think having... Okay, uh, interpretation of Macbeth. I think that was one of the most unique interpretations of a Macbeth that yeah. I've seen on screen in a while. Yeah, and, we talked um, about that. I think I've seen four different uh, versions of Macbeth on Damn. screen. Yeah. Um, that was the fourth version that I saw. Um, I think, by far, that was my favorite one. Um there is um there is one that I really enjoy. Um oh my gosh, who's the actor that plays Professor X? What's his name, bro? Oh, oh I forgot his name. Dude, I'm so bad with the
2: names of actors. <laughs> I'm the worst person. <laughs> well you I guys asked. know who I'm talking yes, about. I know exactly in, who oh
0: talking. my gosh, what is his name? Uh
3: I don't remember, but I'm pulling it up. Okay, uh, is it James you.
0: McAvoy or Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart, yes. Okay. So he plays Macbeth in a BBC special yep. of three episodes. And I think that's my favorite portrayal of Macbeth, from him. Yeah. But as a film, like as a as a project, I think this one was, I think, the best one. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's my. That's what I thought about it. I think Macbeth, because of the way I I interpreted Macbeth personally, was that I th- I saw him more as like a a guy that went crazy.
2: Yeah, like a recluse. Re- like reckless. Like just, yeah. When with this one, he was way more. I think he, I think he was more I think Charlie uh, pointed this out he was like it's almost like he embraced the insanity mm-hmm. in this one where like Denzel's character is very calmly insane mm-hmm. and yeah. he's very much okay with the fact that his reality is distorted and it's almost like that's him now there's no mm-hmm. remnants of yeah. what Macbeth was it's just like he is this char- crazy character now that is out for blood and out for power yeah. and that's it but yeah. the other one like from what i interpreted in reading it was mm-hmm. like he's almost conflicted in this dichotomy of this person yeah. of who he was before and 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 this power hungry um going crazy and feeling guilt almost too i feel mm-hmm. like there wasn't enough guilt at times with this macbeth like the like the one's in in um in the book when i was reading i was like i almost feel like he feels bad for everything that's happening and like feels the weight on that but in this interpretation denzel's character mm-hmm. is very like Okay with yeah. everything that's happening. Well, and I thought that I was think a cool the, interpretation the, of it. The
0: character of Macbeth in general, he understands what his I think he kinda understands what his fate is. Yeah. Um and I think in this yeah. one they did a really good job at showing that. That's true. And in terms of understanding, look, I'm gonna die. I think he knows mm-hmm.
3: that. I think it I think what like with this one, he knows as soon as he murders the king, he knows that he's in like he accepts that everything coming forward is trouble Mm -hmm. and he has lines where he says that he has like a monologue that says like you know his future is doomed and all this and there's blood in his hands and Mm -hmm. all that and it's really his wife lady Macbeth, who's like driving him to accept that they will be fine and that what he's done is not like you know it's going to be good for them and stuff like that and he's just kind of distancing himself in the relationship from her and accepting that What he's done is gonna come full circle one day, and he's gonna pay the price for it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think he has, you know, his own level of internal kind of insanity that starts to happen as soon as he commits the crime. But um, that's a little different from you know the traditional story. But I thought it worked well. I thought Mm -hmm. it was a good interpretation. I Mm -hmm. thought it worked well. I with it.
2: Yep. All right. Abraham's number nine. Abe. Okay. Um, my number nine. I think that um the both of you might might possibly think that it's a little low Mm -hmm. of where it is but overall I'm not gonna say too much negative about this film because I actually really enjoyed it um I had a great time watching it and um I do think it was you know one of the highlights of this year um in in films that came out so uh yeah number nine is licorice pizza for me yeah. Number nine is Licorice Pizza. Um Paul Thomas Anderson, correct? I like that. Yeah. Um, so it is um starring it, it's um uh Cooper Hoffman and yes. Alana Haim. Yeah. Um, which were great. Both both of them making debuts, mm-hmm. which was crazy. Yeah. Crazy the fact that the two of them made acting debuts because they were incredible. I thought they were very, very well acted. I mean, I mean Cooper Hoffman, you know, his dad's a legend. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, he's born and bred in that industry. So, mm-hmm. the fact that he's such a natural actor on screen, it didn't surprise me um, learning, you know, who who it is that he is the son of and, and understanding that. Um, but I thought it was super cool. It was a, it was a period piece, um, coming of age story where uh, you get to see these two characters interact. I mean, we, we talked about um, this a little bit, but it reminded me of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because mm-hmm. it was basically a director finding you know, their favorite period of time and just having fun with the writing and the characters and kind of diving into that time period, um, which I thought was super, super fun. Um, acting was great. Well-written. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great film. Um, there are just some that edge it out for me on this list, but, but definitely had to make my top 10. Yeah. So that's, that's it for Licorice Pizza. I know good. that you guys can probably talk about it a little more and I, I have a feeling that it's somewhere else on your list uh, for um, either of you, but, but yeah.
0: So I've become a huge fan of Paul Thomas Anderson recently. Um I think over the recent months I've watched a lot of his past work mm. and um I've just fallen in love with this craft. He is he is special. Mm. He's very special in terms of filmmaking and just building the world of of his movies, but also the world of the characters and the characters that live in that
2: world. The world building was great. Yeah.
0: It's 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 nuts. And yeah. um I really love Licorice Pizza and I know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding Licorice Pizza right mm-hmm. now. Um, but my, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but it is on my list, Mm -hmm. but I just, um, my interpretation of it, I think it was more of him kind of showing, um, like a fantasy of it, you know, maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's not reality, Mm. you know, it's kind of, this type of stuff can't really happen in the real world. Mm. And sometimes I think when we're watching movies, I think we kind of need to understand what's fiction and what's real. Yeah. And that's what I kind of got out of it.
2: Yeah. I, is, um, what is the decade this film takes place 70s 70s i mean i think it's not unheard of to see Mm -hmm. a lot more blurred lines in the 70s when it comes to age gaps and relationships Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so i mean when you think of period pieces and directors going into that it would be you know if they feel that something like that is integral to the storytelling of it then i'm okay with that you know what i mean as long as it's something that's not blatantly like disgusting or gross not like they were having sex scenes and film and all no 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 the, no, no, the yeah. characters with the age gap yeah um but you know i understand the the what people are saying is, is kind of problematic with it but um i still think that the characters were fun and the the storytelling was just it was just good and, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was a feel-good movie it was a good coming it, of age story yeah it was a great coming mm-hmm. age story you left the film like happy with what you watched and and just like also, I left the film wanting to see more of Paul Thomas Anderson and wanting to see more of the two debuted actors, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was, was super cool. Um, very weird. I don't remember yeah. the last time that I saw two actors, like, make a debut, and I was like, okay, I need to see what the next thing that yeah, they're yeah. in is, mm-hmm. um, because they were both great. So, props to, props to them, props to that team, props to that film. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Oh, I, I started <laughs> Yeah, you the number you start eight. The number eight. <laughs> yep. My number eight. Uh-huh. My number eight movie, this one was a toss up eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that I think about um, the number eight film, the more I'm like, wow, I had a lot of fun with that movie. And it was just different than I think anything that I've seen this year and different than uh, films that I've seen in the past in this genre. Um, I know.
0: It. I know what it is. I know what it is. Do you? Yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead. And just say it.
2: My number eight is Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Oh, I was thinking something You're else. You're thinking something else? No, okay, so that. you thought you had... No. I thought I had you. No, but I, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, you know, obviously Anya Taylor-Joy and um, Thomas and Mackenzie, great. That kind of duo of, um, you know, two characters in one um, mm-hmm. where, you know, Thomas and Mackenzie's character is seeing this uh, ideal version of who she wants to be in this other character, And uh, at first, it's cool and fun and and interesting to her. But then it becomes a lot more dark. And I love psychological thrillers and horrors. And I thought that that was a super interesting spin on it. Um, The colors in that movie were fun. The music was fun. The set design, the costume design was fun. Mm -hmm. The acting was great. The writing was was fun to me. Um, At the end, like, it had a bit of a twist, which I always like. You know, I like Mm -hmm. movies with a twist. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a really, really solid film um and i you know i think of the movies that i saw this year it always comes up for me so yeah i'm gonna go last night in soho for my number eight yeah
0: it's a good pick that's a good pick i I had a a great time this movie as well yeah i saw it in dolby theater so the audio was really dope i saw it Um. in amc (laughs) and it was garbage but Um.
2: it was still good charlie got up and asked him to put the. (laughs) yeah i literally (laughs) had had to go complain yeah just
0: I just think that the way this this thriller was done, I haven't seen in a while. I haven't honestly see it, especially the the subject matter and the way he did it was very, 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 very um creative. Yeah. And um, Anya Taylor Joy, I think she's a, a rock star. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so good. And she's, I know she's she's gonna do big things. I mean, she's set to play a younger Furiosa in um Mad Max. oh wow yeah so she's got a great career coming and also thomas uh, thomas mckenzie she is also on the come up she's sneaky oh yeah
2: she's just like gives you a very low-key performance that you don't think about too much but then you realize like wow like you have some range and like you're really talented and Mm -hmm. she's young she's Mm -hmm. super young so she is um props to her her career i I will see probably going up she she made a bit of a cameo in power of the dog um Mm -hmm. she was in that movie for a little bit but um, yeah, so big roles for the two of them probably coming up. So, And I, I like their chemistry in that movie, too. It was cool seeing that dichotomy. Even though like the characters weren't really like interacting, really, it was still very cool to see them, um, I don't know, see that mirror reflection of, of what Thompson McKer- McKenzie's character is and, and Anya Taylor-Joy's character. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. And number eight. What you got, Charlie? For me. Um, number eight for me is... Lin-Manuel Miranda's which one because he had three movies this year tick, tick, boom. In the <laughs> tick, tick, boom. definitely nine <laughs> tick, tick, but it is tick tick, boom. Wow. tick tick boom tick tick, tick, tick boom tick, tick, is the boom. number eight wow. uh just fantastic great time uh story that you can that I personally can relate to mm-hmm. um in terms of like you know being well in terms of like it motivating you to keep mm-hmm. fighting and reaching for your goals mm-hmm. um and the fact that Andrew Garfield had to learn how to sing mm-hmm. for impressive. this role is very, very impressive. I think he, I think his, ro- he is the, he had the the best performance of the year, in my opinion. Um, which maybe should put this ranked up a little bit higher, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did incredible. Uh, yeah. He he was incredible. He portrayed Jonathan Larson really well. The music is extremely enjoyable. And I think people that are not like formal, uh, you know, fans of musicals will have a good time and enjoy this one. Yeah, so that's good. And it also showed me that I much prefer Lin-Manuel Miranda as a director. Instead of a songwriter, I think a lot of people feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I don't
0: know. I don't what I've. I was reading. I mean, there's a lot
3: of people that like his his style of musical too. It's just not my cup of tea. But his direction, his directorial debut, he did great. Mm -hmm. It was it was great. Yeah. So very very good. That's
0: my number eight. So um, my number eight, it's like a it's like a toss up right now. But um, I'm gonna go with this one first. Mm. Um, my number eight, I'm gonna go with Licorice Pizza. Wow. Okay, um, so you were close to where yeah, mine was. Okay. It's yeah. so almost not super far off. I'm going with Licorice Pizza. Okay. Um
2: makes me feel better. I thought I was like <laughs> no, I, no, no, I no. thought I was gonna be the only one with um, this high, the, There's
0: movies that I think I enjoyed more, mm-hmm. but I enjoy this movie a lot too. I think one part we didn't really talk about it was the cinematography. I mean, there were some shots. True. That's true. The shots where they're in the car and where the camera was placed. I was like, how are they doing that? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just there was just some amazing amazing like just single frames I'm my like, whoa, that is so dope and just the creative mind of paul thomas anderson is just awesome um uh, he's become a, a huge inspiration uh as a storyteller for me and it, I, I can't get enough of him and i just can't wait to see more of his work and um, I love – I'm a sucker for coming-of-age stories, mm. as you guys know. I love them. They're fun. They're, They're so fun. I think everyone can relate to them. doesn't matter what age group you're in. I think everyone can get something from a, a coming-of-age story. Right. And um, this one was a very different approach um, where it felt like you were just following the lives of two people, with, mm-hmm. you could say, with no plot. But it was just a fun movie that I think – a lot of people would enjoy it or a lot of people would be like, "Bro, what am I watching?" Yeah. But it's I think it's a great time. Love the colors, love the set design. I just, you know, it just makes me feel good watching the movie. Agreed. And um yeah. With that being said, we're we're at number right number 7? Seven? 7. Yeah. Okay. Um the list on my number 7 is actually the movie that I watched the most this year. Um I think i rewatched this film multiple times. Just the fact that I have, I was like just recommending people to watch this movie. Mm. I was like, all right, just sit sit down and watch it with me. Um, and that is actually an animation film. Mm. Um, and that is the Mitchells versus the machines.
2: Great movie.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a Sony. So it's a Sony. It's a, it's a Sony animation film. Netflix bought the distribution rights because it was during the pandemic and, um, yeah, and wow. What a what a great time. What a story. Just oh, that story just impacts you so good. It's a leaves a really good mark on you. And um I really think it should win Best Animated Future oh, at 100%. the Oscars. If it doesn't, I think it would go to Encanto, which I it's going to Encanto, which it's a good movie,
3: but th- I, did you I don't, see I don't Encanto? Know, dude. I did not, but it I was was just good. know it, it's going to go to Encanto,
0: <sighs> bro. The Mistress vs. the Machines, the animation style we're not seeing that type of animation style, and I love that. I love that they're going, they're taking creative, different creative routes with animation. Sony as well, props to Sony Animation because after the Emoji Movie yo oh they picked it up out of nowhere i don't know what
1: i don't know i don't
0: know what happened after the emoji movie but they've been putting out bangers yeah. good for them i don't know who's in charge of the, the studio over there but keep doing what you're doing and don't do something like the emoji movie because that was <laughs> <laughs> no one talks about that for a reason but um the Mitchells vs the machine oh my gosh what a great family story a great story overall um Again, the only reason why I I would have put Encanto on the list because I really did enjoy Encanto as well. But the only reason I have the Mistress versus, versus the Machines um, in this list is obviously the story hits really good, but it's the technical ability of this film and the animation style. Yeah. We are not seeing this type of innovation. I feel like Disney right now with their animation yes the story is amazing but they've been very stagnant with their animation yeah i feel as if it's the same again i'm not saying that's bad because animators what they do is incredible Mm. i'm not saying that it's bad i'm just saying that i'm seeing something different from this film, which yeah. I enjoyed, you're that's, seeing innovation. I'm seeing innovation, yeah. but Disney is innovating. That's like a right. big thing for them. But I
3: mean, Sony is too. I mean, mm-hmm. lo- you you look at the Spider Verse movie. That's, that's what animation's very really animation, so like it's Kong. a similar Kong. type yeah. of animation, yeah. but yeah. they
0: bring in a new twist with the Mitchell's right. machines, and that's what I love about the film. Exactly. So that's yeah. why um, it, it's at number seven for me. I, right. I think it's a movie that everyone should see. It's a great family film. Um, it's gonna hit. I think. All the emotions. You're going to feel good after you finish this. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's on Netflix. And um, Netflix has put out bangers this year. If you guys are saying that Netflix is not doing good movies, they do. Stop watching The Kissing Booth. Come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm,
3: I'm ashamed to say that I I started Mitchell's. I did not finish. It's mm-hmm. a great um, movie. I, I, I got to get fun. through it. I mm. really do. It's so fun. But I, I will say uh, Disney watch out your crown because
0: netflix is coming for it oh yeah they are financing they're distributing
2: they're They're,
3: they're, i'm talking especially when it comes to animated films because i've watched a couple of the netflix animated ones recently and i'm just like surprised i really am doing the job at the effort that's being put into it i
0: mean what's that um that netflix series the the arcane
3: yeah arcane and that's league of legends Mm -hmm. so that's they got a big thing behind them and that's uh actually apparently as of right now, it is the highest-rated uh, Netflix series ever. Wow, is Arcane. But besides that, you know they have like Klaus is really good. Mm-hmm. Over, Over the, the moon, moon is yeah. beautiful. Over mm-hmm. the Moon is beautiful. I was like Disney, what? Oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. You know they're yeah. coming for you. You yeah. can watch out because you know there's there's uh, Disney also makes great stuff. But there's a lot of things recently that they've been coming out with that I feel I can just I can just skip it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like it's a necessity for me to watch it. Mm. Like I didn't watch Luca.
2: I didn't watch Luca either. I, saw I, did Luca. Watch Encanto, I, saw I didn't watch Encanto, but I didn't watch Encanto. I didn't seen, really feel like I needed to watch it right away. No, I, I'll say this for someone who's seen both. Have you seen the both, Davi? Yeah, I've seen yeah. both. I, I don't understand why Encanto would win over Mitchell's versus the machines personally. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Because I,
3: it's Disney, they have a reputation. I mean, And yeah. it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah.
2: Oh God! He had so he, he had a great year. In he had general. a good year. I think it's it just the reputation and what. Yeah, the it, impact. This is. dude wins everything. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I personally, I would like to see Mitchell's versus the Machines win, but you know what? Be a nice upset. But I will say this: it would. I'll say this: it's getting recognition, like Mitchell's versus the yeah. Machines. A lot of the, a lot of the top ten lists that I've seen, I've seen a few. Um, People put, like, one animated movie on it, and it's It's, being, it's that it's animated that movie. movie. It's Michel's yeah. versus the machine. I'm
3: pretty sure. I think it's nominated for Golden Globe tonight. Oh, it's think. not. It got snubbed.
2: It got snubbed. Oh. No way. It got snubbed. No. Okay. But I, people are talking
3: I, about it for Oscars. Lang-
1: I,
0: excuse, excuse my language. Fuck the Globes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mom. I apologize. I won't say anything else. In forget, the game, the but forget the Globes. Forget the Globes. <laughs> excuse my language. I am
2: sorry, y'all. But, yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, no. Screw the
2: Globes. Oh, hopefully, it gets its <laughs> no. uh, its um, you know, get a nomination for the for the Oscars. I think it gets his honors. I think
0: I'm hundred percent sure it gets the the Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a great I, pick. I mean, in terms of uh, just quickly, in terms of animation movies getting nominated. I mean, we can't sleep. I haven't seen this yet, but we can't sleep on Flea, which is a documentary animation movie oh. that's getting a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. I a saw lot, the trailer for it, but I haven't. I, seen I do want to
2: see
3: it, but I am hearing that it will it, it will not win anything. Oh, it's not. It, gonna yeah, win it, it, it most likely will not win anything. It's going to be it, for animation. It's going to be between Encanto and Mitchells. It's Mitchells. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's Encanto. A hundred percent. You think it's Encanto? Yeah. We'll all the see. way through. I guess right, we'll let's see. We'll see. We'll coming. Yeah.
0: Up. It's Encanto. All right. Uh, we're at where are we at?
3: We're at number seven. We're number mm-hmm. seven. I my, my number seven. Um, I apologize. Let me pull up real quick who the director is because I want to give him credit for this movie, or she, whoever they may be. Uh, it is director Mike Mills. And the movie is Come On, Come On. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And this is an A twenty-four film, their latest, uh, besides Tragedy of Macbeth, actually. Oh my god, A twenty four. Stop. What a it year for A twenty four. Releasing things left and right. They had a great year. Yeah. Um, this was a movie that you could not really see in theaters. It was like yeah, a it was tough very, though. very limited release. Mm. Uh, but A twenty four does a thing where you can get like a at home uh like theatrical release pass thing and Which Davi is sent cool. me yeah it was pretty mm-hmm. cool Davi sent me a link a little bit expensive i guess for like one ticket cuz i was 20, wa- i watched it by myself yeah, it's so it was 20 bucks yeah. okay you know that's a little steep for ticket prices like what am i living in New
2: York City or something like. <laughs> I
3: live in like. They are New the York. Suburbs. They're based out of New I York. I mean, they <laughs> are.
1: Pro-
2: they are assuming on the fact that you're probably gonna watch it with somebody else, right? But mm-hmm. I'm a loner, so I yeah. didn't. But
0: <laughs> you were supposed to watch it at our crib, but you but, weren't feeling well. I wasn't feeling yeah. too good,
2: but
3: I. You know what? I put the movie on. I watched it uh, right away when it released, and wow, I was. It, it was just. It it was very impactful, mm-hmm. um, and it's a beautiful story between. Walking Phoenix and I forget the the, the young child's uh, name, name yeah, yeah. Um, but their dynamic. Oh, uh, it's, so um, well. it's Woody Norman. Woody Norman. Mm-hmm. He did great too. The Tyler fan. So shout out. Woody. He was I great. really <laughs> want to know how much of that was improvised. I really do. Because I feel as though a lot of their conversations together was just off the cuff. Mm-hmm.
2: just felt just, so genuine. Yeah, it felt very natural.
3: It felt very natural. Didn't feel scripted at all. Or it could or it could just be the fact that they're both extremely talented. Yeah. I we already know Joaquin is, but to know about uh, Woody Norman, is that his name? Yeah, Woody at, Norman. At, at that young of an age, um, yeah, very, very, very good.
0: What a year for um, actor debuts! Yeah, yeah I mean, man. it's it's awesome. Young, I mean, young actors, yeah, so right. Me, we had Rachel Zegler in um, West Side Story, and we mm-hmm. had Cooper Hoffman, Alana Haim, and then we also have Woody, Woody Norman. I mean, we had a lot great great Alana yeah. Himes making a
2: late debut she's 30 oh yeah that is but, true but but she's a crazy. music artist right mm-hmm. but it's wild to see you know, For acting she, it's, yeah for yeah. acting mm-hmm. but yeah and and Cooper Hoffman's only 18 so <sighs> yeah. that's yeah that's it's awesome. Awesome. a lot of there's a lot of promising talent mm-hmm. right
3: yeah um i just want to say another thing about Come on Come on that i really admired was like it's this relationship between an uncle and his nephew and the fact that you know they they become so close Mm -hmm. when they were both so broken Mm. and far, like didn't really have someone to be close with or, or or to really go through life with. And they kind of just, you know, have a moment with each other where they can speak about life, what they want to do, what it means, what their troubles are. And then I think the thing that was most impactful for me was uh, a little bit towards the end, a line that Joaquin says to, um, to uh, his nephew in the film that, kind of upsets him a little bit which is he says um you know in like 10 years or so or when you're older you won't remember any of this but i will you know which is for me was like super powerful because it's it's very true you live some of your like your childhood you live through some great things with people that you probably won't ever remember mm-hmm. but somewhere deep deep down it's engraved there and it builds up who you are as a person in the future but for Joaquin, at his you know his character at his older age, he will always remember the moments that he had mm-hmm. with his yeah. nephew. And I thought, uh, in terms of like a storytelling um, aspect, it, that's a very powerful element of storytelling and about our lives that everyone can relate to because you're not going to remember everything, every single memory from your childhood. Um, but the people that you're living those memories with, your the older people in your family, they will, and that's going to live with them forever. And everything that they've done at that stage in your life will also impact who you are as a person yeah. when you grow up, mm-hmm. and I think that's just beautiful. It, it was very poetic, and it's this film is beautiful. Give this film a shot, yeah, please. Um, please it, it, it is a little bit of a slow burn. It's that type of movie. What else do you expect from a twenty-four? But <laughs> it's it's a great time. It's beautiful. Well, okay, it's beautiful.
0: okay. Um, I want to quote on you when we watch *Tragedy of Macbeth*. Yeah. You said that it was your favorite eight twenty four movie. Yes, yeah. Um yeah. oh, and you had Come yeah. on Come On ranked higher. I did. He, it, I was did. So I, it was an instant reaction. So it was an instant reaction.
2: What's what is that?
0: So uh, um
2: what's your feelings I, on I that? I
0: forgot that Come on
3: Come On was eight twenty four.
2: Uh, well, ah, yeah, okay. okay. I okay. forgot Disclosure: okay. Charlie said that as soon as the movie ended Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. like it's a recency yeah. bias yeah. mm-hmm. so, so when I sat
3: like down good. and I was making my list I was like oh Come On Come On was A24 It, it was just it felt different because I watched it From home mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. okay. Versus when I was in the theater and you like you know you're. F- yeah, I, you I feel like more I'm more fully buzz. engaged in the theater And I see you know the A24 logo Pop mm-hmm. up before the movie and all that mm-hmm. So yeah Come On Come On was like a more like Relaxed at home experience Whatever but it was still beautiful This movie really deserved a theatrical release because, like, it doesn't do anything fancy in terms of like cinematography or anything. Like, okay, it's black and white, Mm -hmm. which was an interesting choice as well. Um, but in terms of like the story, I think it's very rich. And for that reason alone, it deserves, um, some sort of place in in theaters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it got overshadowed by Marvel.
0: It did get a nationwide (laughs) release, but, um, yeah. it was super limited super quick super Super
3: limited you could not really get get a chance to watch this especially Mm -hmm. with you know your local theater playing 34 rooms of spider-man all at the same time and taking up the spots (sighs) for every other film yeah Hmm. it's tough so make theaters bigger or make theaters that only play independent
1: films (laughs) (laughs) that exists it does exist exist. but it's
3: very inconvenient for most people we have to drive half an hour to a coolidge corner theater yeah And even then, it is a good
2: theater. All right. Is it my turn? This is my number seven. Yeah. Uh, My number seven, I watched here at home. And another film that I wish I got to see on the big screen. But uh, it was a great, just a great performance. Um, You know, uh, a biopic. This is my first biopic um, that's here. And it is King Richard. Oh, yeah. That's my number seven. That's a good one. Is King Richard. Great. Um, directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. Um, and it stars Will Smith. If For people who don't know, he plays um, Richard Williams, who is the father of Venus and Serena Williams. And, you know, he and his wife, um, who was played by, uh, I hope I don't butcher her name, Anjanae Ellis, I think is how you say it. Um, sh- they were both great, but they play, you know, these two parents of, um, they have... Think like five or six daughters. I want to say it's. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact number, but um, you know they have they have a lot of kids. They they living in the hood. They living in Compton, and they decide that they're going to breed the next best tennis stars in the world. And it's crazy to like get an insight to that because you know I knew of Serena Williams and Venus Williams and their dominance and whatever. You know, being two of the best players to ever play that sport, um, you know Serena Williams to the level of of a LeBron James of a of a um michael jordan like serena williams is unreal so to be seeing that kind of story on screen and and also to to allow will smith to have that um chance on screen to 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 really just you know show his capability as an actor i thought was super cool um he He, was unreal yeah he did great he, he, I will say,
3: uh, obviously, he's already in the conversation for a Best Actor nomination right. at the Oscars. Right. Um, it's one of his career best performances, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But I just like the, the I don't know, the the character of their father, the the, the level of confidence
2: mm-hmm. that he has from the very beginning. And I think it's super cool because before King Richard came out, I never once thought about the parents of Serena Venus Williams. Yeah. Like, I never thought about it. I never heard anything right. about him. I didn't know... I mean, obviously we didn't grow up in the era of their dominance. I'm sure people who saw them as stars knew because he was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, like making sure they were going to interviews and all that and and prepping them for, for tournaments and whatever. So being able to, to see that it's huge because I thought the first thing we would see in terms of that would be eventually a Serena Williams or Venus Williams biopic, but the choice here was to do it on their father and I just thought it was super interesting and super cool. Family dynamics are crazy, and we and, yeah, and it's really it's hard to pinpoint, you know, what family dynamic is is right. People have ideas of what yeah. parents should be doing, and you know what a lot of people might look at this film and see what Richard Williams was doing and be like, "That's abuse!" Like, what? they he's working <laughs> yeah. he's working his kids so hard, and and you know, but when you have that motivation to make your kid great, like. It's cool man to see that he had a plan and to see yeah. that he was able to make it happen and he was like these are going to be the two best play- tennis players in the world and it happened like that's right, crazy right. Yeah. and you know so shout out the directing shout out um the the Williams family um you know for living an awesome story and allowing you know theaters to bring it to life um that was super cool shout out Will Smith great oh. performance um yeah that but was one of my favorite it movies. is it, it's a beautiful story yeah and
0: um <laughs> i i watched it with my with my father and um <laughs> when we, we were it's like we were like halfway into the movie and he was like "Davi, he's gonna win the oscar there's <laughs> no way <laughs> there's, no, like way. there's <laughs> no way there's no way and um yeah it was just a great performance from will smith and so um good. just to get uh and i think ab yeah, we were talking about i we didn't grow up when venus and serena were no. like making you know, they were younger and they were on the come up. Um, We didn't know how it was. And I just think just to get the story of the father's perspective, mm-hmm. perspective and how they got to where they
2: are. It was yeah. It's just
0: beautiful. Right. It's just a great role model story. Right. Because and, um,
2: it's cool because some I think some people would think of that story as selfish and what the father is doing mm-hmm. and what the parents are doing. but think about this sacrificing a lot too. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm working every day. And then when I'm not working, like I'm living and breathing tennis and whatnot with you. Cause sometimes I think we see like parents forcing their kids to do that, but they're not involved in the process. Like, Oh, you got to go practice piano or whatever else, you know, go practice your sport. And they're telling the kids to do that, but they're not really involved, but they're like, we're going to do this and I'm going to be there every step of the way, encouraging you, showing you how to do it. Story was awesome. And I thought they did a great job with the adaptation. Love it. It was a good time. I yeah. really,
3: I really, it was a strong, powerful story. It mm-hmm. definitely deserves to be in, you know, awards category list. For sure. In, in some of those categories. So it's a great film.
2: Cool. It's I think me you're again. going yeah. for number six. Thanks. Number six. <laughs> um, man, I had almost forgot about this movie because it's been a while since we've seen it. But this movie, films like this have a special place in my heart because I just love seeing kind of an abstract storytelling and ah. how people go about, <laughs> um, you know, portraying something like this. I, it wasn't what I expected from the trailers, but I left that movie like still thinking about it all the time. And now that I remembered it and thinking about it all the time and that my number six film on this list is David Lowry's the green Knight*. Um, that movie was really? awesome. That movie was so cool. Another A24. That's A24. Another A24. Okay. <laughs> A24. <laughs> um, you know they just have a monopoly on this thing at this point. Like they're, mm-hmm. if someone ends up buying them, like Apple ends up buying them, bro, it's so oh, hell no, Please. it's over. <laughs> <laughs> don't. I hope they stay like the way that they are because I think that they're doing awesome stuff. And they, they, I thought that at one point they were going to put themselves into a box. A24. Yeah. But I think they've diversified what they do to mm-hmm. such an extent that they have a formula now that they can keep going forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we're just going to keep getting really good movies. Mm-hmm. But The Green Eye was awesome starring uh, Dev Patel. He's awesome. You know, he's a he has just kind of come into his own as an actor um, and consistently, you know, giving us performance after performance. And it's um, the film is about um, this... It's hard to explain, but it's in the time of King Arthur is the is the medieval setting of it, but it doesn't follow you know King Arthur specifically. Um, it's like an evil, uh, not sorry, not an evil. It's like an ancient like folklore. Yeah, type it's based thing. off of a poem, based off of a medieval yeah. poem, and and that is the interesting thing to me because to adapt a poem mm. is so wild because there's so much symbolism and like literary devices that are being used that. You know, the poet had a vision in his mind creating it, or his or her mind creating it. Yeah. But to to take that adaptation and make it into something on screen that was just so so different. And I I, I just love the visuals. Every visual like that was on that screen was just so like, oh my God, you're looking at it and you might not know what you're looking at, but you're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And a huge shout out to um, I don't know how to s- pronounce his name correctly, but Barry Keon, I think, is the dude who plays the guy who he meets in the woods uh-huh. by himself. He also mm-hmm. plays um, Druid in, in Eternals. Eternals, yeah. That actor is crazy, man. Anytime you see him come up, I remember being like, yo, there's some shit going down. Like yeah, the, He's going <laughs> to turn back. Like, you just know, like, eh, yeah, what you, you know about you know to like yeah. You keep your eye on this dude. Mm-hmm. But he's incredible. I thought the whole the writing of everything, the dialogue was incredible. Um, it was just a really cool adventure. And the end of it kind of leaves you wondering. It's one of those things that there's no real clear, concise resolution, but it's something that keeps you thinking about the, f- the film after you leave, whether you liked it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my, uh, that's my number six, The Green Knight. That's awesome. a good one.
3: That's a good one too. I thought visually it was like stunning. Yeah, it was visually. Um, yeah, I think I have to rewatch it because I well, it wasn't too, the story didn't do too, too much for me mm. on the first watch. So I definitely have to check it out again, but visually and like, just like pr- the production was gorgeous, yeah. beautiful. It's impressive to see what A twenty four like how they, where they started and where they're at now mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of what they can do with their with their independent films,
1: mm.
3: quote unquote.
0: I don't really, I don't know if I can really yeah, start considering them independent anymore. Independent yeah, anymore.
3: it's tough. That's
0: I don't know. Tough. I don't know what you consider independent, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for number six, that's number six on my list.
3: I have licorice pizza. Ooh, licorice pizza. I thought, honestly, um, I thought it was going to rank a little bit higher on my list when mm-hmm. I started formulating it. Mm-hmm. But that's
2: okay. Like
3: you know, this list—I'm probably going to regret this list later on.
2: Also, it's—it's it's tough to tell with the test of time, right? Because licorice pizza is so recent in our minds. Yeah. That like some of these other movies have just been in our minds for a little bit longer. Yeah. So if it had a little bit more time, maybe you never know. It could be higher on my list, higher on your list. True.
3: Yeah. I could, and maybe I'll rewatch it, and it'll be. Like, not lower. as great of an experience. Eh, you don't know. <laughs> you don't, you never know. Um, yeah. We already said some things about this film. Um, we didn't do an episode on this, I don't we think. We didn't. Yeah. We did not do an episode on it. They all, uh, one of the... Like, something special about this movie, we went to a local theater, and well, it was like a half hour drive, mm-hmm. and... We got to experience the movie in 70 millimeter film projection. That was cool. Which was pretty cool because I haven't really had that experience before. I knew what it was kind of like, but like if you've never seen a movie on like an actual film projection before Mm -hmm. catches you off guard. (laughs) because there's a lot there's a lot of
2: flickering that happens Mm i thought my i leaned over to charlie at one point i was like yo are my eyes bugging yeah (laughs) like it was a bright scene and i can just see like the flickering of of the the film projection and it was it was cool though you can see kind of like the grain and a little bit of the. Mm -hmm. yeah
3: you can see like uh like film scratches and film dust and stuff which made it more of like an immersive experience because it takes place in the 70s and just made it feel even more like it was a it, film that was made then
2: yeah it was like to be authentic to a period piece it was yeah. like this yeah. is mm-hmm. us shooting it and what they would be shooting it in at that right time period, it just makes cool. me really grateful that we saw it like yeah that. i agree yeah i agree
3: and um it, you know it, the flickering it takes some time to get used to because mm-hmm. in the very beginning it's like uh it really only happens when things are like kind of overexposed and on film that happens a lot um and so like if there's a very like white skies or whatever it's like flickering in your eyes are kind of going like oh my god this is kind of weird um but you eventually get kind of past that and then enjoy the beautiful experience that it is mm-hmm. and really the reason i have uh, licorice pizza number six why i enjoyed it so much is because it kind of gave me this uh memory of like what it is to be a kid again mm-hmm. in a way
0: you know yeah there was some crazy
1: yeah like this is wild yeah
3: like not to the extent of you know what they were doing because it's very Mm hollywood-esque you know yeah i'm not you know driving a giant truck on neutral down you know hollywood (laughs) hills or whatever in reverse yeah the whole time and like (laughs) you know flooding a guy's house uh, with water and (laughs) from a waterbed and all this (laughs) crap like But it just, like, it it makes you enjoy, like, that friendly banter you would have with your friends back in the day. Yeah. You know, just walking around the town, having a good time. And, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It made me, you know, it's one of the better coming-of-age films I feel like I've seen, uh, especially recently. Um, Even though some people say there's no plot, you really are. Like Davi said earlier, you really are just kind of following their character's progression and, you know, seeing them. Hustle their way through making Does different businesses. Oh.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. life doesn't have a plot. That's right. the whole point. Mm-hmm. Like, right,
3: you're just kind of living through everything yeah. as
2: it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's different. But I, I think that's exactly right. You don't have to necessarily have a plot to make a good film. Yeah, in this yeah. case, because you know, and we see that with period pieces a lot. Like a lot of people said that about mid '90s. Like mid '90s is one of those period pieces that kind of just delved into what time was like at that time, skate culture, all that, and it was like. Jonah, Jonah Hill people were kind of complaining was like hey, what is the real plot of this movie about and it's like there uh, to me personally there was a plot to say both movies but mm-hmm. it's like it's more about what it is the characters feeling in that time what it is the 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 world that they're creating to put an audience in that I think was super important so I appreciate Licorice Pizza for that and films yeah. that are like that for that specific reason I've never lived in the 70s but I can get a taste of it because Paul Thomas Anderson did such a great job at creating that world.
3: You don't understand how much you, – you just put me through an existential crisis – calling mid 90s a period piece film It is <laughs> it, is. it <laughs> is early 90s I know but I'm I'm from the 90s bro We're fr- bro, I'm a period 90, piece you're like 90, I'm making me you're feel 90 old six.
1: <laughs> you're
2: 96 I'm 95 bro <laughs> 95 <95? laughs> I'm yeah. right there I'm right, right in 90s, the middle so of the 90s yeah, first memories are 98 99 yeah. like it's not, it's you're not chilling, that bro. You're,
3: you're, you're good bro. No 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 I am a 90s baby and I embrace it Yeah so I'm a 90s baby too but Yeah yeah, you're right at the end. You're 1999. A, come on, come
1: on. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's Let's fine. Know. You're right. The, in thing is, the thing about
2: period pieces, it's like if the period of time is essential to the telling of that story, then it's a period piece. Yeah, and you that's can make a mid it. period it's just piece.
3: Calling it a period piece makes me feel so old. It's the name like of the my film m- is mid 90s. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Of time. <laughs> it's but it's the name like of the, the, m- the movie. The right? 90s yeah. are. Is a period? Piece? You think you feel old, history, how, do you think Jonah Hill how do you think Jonah Hill feels? How do you think Jonah Hill I get it, but like just co-starred with Meryl Streep. <laughs> like, yeah, is, you know true. what I mean? Like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's scary. Yeah, whatever. Don't 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 say that. Throw it on, exactly, bro. I'm not old. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, right. Davi, give us your number six.
0: Um, my number six. I mean, um, this movie. I think I, I love films when they um when they dive deep into the mental journey of a character mm. and how that really impacts, you know, their
2: outcome. Mm. And I, think I know where you're at with this. That's the Green Knight. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying something. Okay. Oh, you're something yeah. else. Yeah, uh, I thought you were going with somewhere were else going with that. What
0: are you but going with? Wait, hold on. What do you think? You can say.
3: I, I thought you were going to say, like, Spencer. I thought you were going to say Spencer. Anything um, else. There's, a lot, there's, there's a lot of films. There's, there's a, a, a lot of psychological because films.
0: I'll say, say this because... Uh, i think green knight and spencer are on the same boat yeah the, of, that, of that that's type very film. true uh-huh. um obviously they're are, are done completely different from different filmmakers but you can find a direction but you can definitely see um uh, similarities with them and and um with the green knight i think just the 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 the, the mental capacity that uh sergo needed to have to be like yo I'm gonna chop your head uh, i'm gonna chop your head off now i'm gonna go on this long journey to get my head chopped off
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: like wait hold on yeah like what is this like what what does that mean you know so, yeah. and it just it, it makes you analyze his life but also look at your life and be like yo the sacrifice do you have to make to do something with your life and to get to where you want to be at yeah I, I love that it was such a, a a different take on a hero's journey
2: i thought I so that's the thing like it's interesting when I talk about these things because I was just kind of giving a short synopsis. I didn't know if you were going to talk about Green Knight, but I'm glad you brought it up because it is a great kind of character study and a bit of a psychological study on on his experience. Because to me, the way that I interpreted it was, I want he was a character that kind of was all about instant gratification. Like he mm-hmm. had this kind of royalty associated with his name, but he was like sleeping around and kind of being a degenerate in the beginning and whatever. And then all of a sudden, he has the chance to be an easy hero, and he snaps at it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, let me let me puff my chest. Let me be that guy and show that I'm more than just this degenerate that people think that I am. Like, I have royalty to my name. I'm going to do it. And then even with the consequence of, like, the long term, you know, knowing he's going to have to face that mm-hmm. afterwards, he still went with the instant gratification. And it's like sometimes... Although the easy answer and the f- quick one can bring you something great. You have to think about the long-term effect of it. Oh, you beautiful. have to think about the long-term repercussions of what you're doing because I'm sure it was awesome in that second to be like, I'm this hero. Like I saved the day, but now what is this going to be? I'm going to my demise because I chose to be recognized. I chose to have a little bit of, power and honor to my name and people are screaming my name when I'm leaving to face this journey, but I'm terrified. Mm. And that was dope. Like, you just see a character walking to their, and, and like progressively digging their grave mm-hmm. at, towards the journey of the movie. and That was cool to me. That was super cool. cool. And it's like, uh, I think it's a process of accepting your fate mm-hmm. and how that mentally
0: affects you so bad. Right. And, and you're
2: the one who, and it's your fault. and, and like, Yeah, and you have to, it's, right.
0: that's why I, I was like, whoa, I've never seen I I know I say this a lot but I really truly have never seen something done on screen. Maybe there's a ton of different films mm-hmm. that I don't know, but seeing that per on in theaters for the first time I was like whoa. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I I think yeah, the movie is slow. It do it it, show, it showcases this through a lot of symbolism, but um wow, that's character progression is yeah, amazing. The the character progression, the cinematography. Oh yeah. Oh Visuals. my god, the colors of the color correcting is
2: locations where they shot this? Oh. Yeah, was Shout beautiful. out
0: A24 because they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go with uh, <laughs> a number five. Staying on that same parallel. I'll just
2: say this: I think number five <laughs> and up now is where it starts to get spicy. Okay, like it's gonna yeah, start. Yeah, I to think get, you guys okay. are gonna get surprised. Staying, I mean, yes, I think no, you. Yeah, I think there'll okay, be some so, surprises here. All right, so
0: staying on that parallel. Okay. Um, number five is Spencer for me. Wow. Um. It, wow, bro. Um, what a movie. It was something every single time. I mean, Chris's store is on screen a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. I was in awe. Mm-hmm. I was so, I was, I was, I was locked on her yeah. the entire time. And that, um, that scene where, um, she's, she's, uh, she's with, oh my God, what's her, what's her husband's name? Prince, Prince Charles, Prince Charles
2: on the pool table. Mm. And, oh, oh yeah. Yeah that whole scene was that's so
0: tense um and the symbolism with the pool balls and all that stuff it, yeah. it was just it was dope to see um the color the score is amazing um just again the the mental yeah the mental journey of princess Diana and it was and it it was a at the end of the day, I think it was a very sad story. It was because we it's kinda I think it was kind of an interpretation of, man, what if Diana got out? Mm. What would it be like? If she kind, you know, had the courage to be like, you know what? Um, I'm I'm actually gonna go be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a biopic, but I think it's an interpretation of how would it been if Diana actually was able to escape herself from that life that she was entrapped in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally will be free of what she was in. And, you know, we got that. You know, at the end, you, you're happy, but then you realize, oh, dang, like, she's not alive. Right. And it, it breaks you. It breaks you to pieces. And I, I have to applaud Kristen Stewart because, wow. My movie's incredible. Give this woman the Oscar because if she does not win the Oscar, it makes, I'm going to be bam, what is bamboozled, bamboozled, I don't even know what that's bam- about. Bamboozled. bamboozled bro. bro. win. Yo, led astray, <laughs> run amok, <laughs> and flat out, deceived. deceived. <laughs> if we, if she does not get the Oscar, which I know she doesn't care, but I mean y'all, yeah. come on. Yeah. She don't be said, stupid and give this woman what she deserves. She came out and said that she doesn't
2: care about the Oscar, which is what leads me to believe that she might not win, which is sad. Um, I mean, like, Whatever, like to her, you, you know what I mean. Like she has her own relationship with that role and the Oscars and whatever and whatever means to mm-hmm. her. But it would just be super cool to watch, yeah. you know, the best to me performance from an actress yeah. this year go to who it, who it go should to. go to. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent should go to her. Yeah,
0: that's be- oh my, and y'all, the cinematography, oh. Oh. and the set design, and the, co- the, and the, oh, the costume, the design costume and everything. design, everything was yeah, like that's immaculate. Right, I know people. I know people don't like to say Oscar bait movie, but like, I know it, yeah. like, it, you watch it and you're like, bro, this is like, this is an bro, Oscar film. This is an Oscar film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying it as a bad thing. It's just, I, and I know a lot of people will not like this film because Pablo Larraín, who is a director, mm. um, just the way that his, he does his stories and shows visually portrays his narrative. It's very different. It's very abstract. It's very, you know, um, the, uh, how do I say it's, it's not like, you know, concrete. It's not know? super straightforward. Yeah, it's not like, yo, here's the story beginning middle, end. It's more <laughs> it's more of like a all it's over a the baby place baby roller coaster and gives you some crazy symbolism mm-hmm, to think yeah. of. But yeah, that's Spencer for me. I I loved it. Number 5. But well, yeah, I share the same number 5 as you Spencer. Oh.
1: Yeah, let's go. The same. <laughs>
3: Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, man, it was Honestly, one of the more most impactful films I've seen this year, and like we already said, Kristen Stewart deserves the Oscar. It's very, very clear. Uh, I don't think it should really. Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a competition. I, I don't really think don't. it's a competition as well. It's, I don't think who.
0: Com- I don't know who's come. Who comes close? Yeah,
3: I really don't know. They they're saying Jessica Chastain possibly or Tammy Faye. I yeah. know, but there's just. No, it's Kristen Stewart, yeah. dude. It is. It is. And I don't think her comment on like not caring about the Oscar will really affect that. I think the Academy knows well enough that she performed incredibly well and mm-hmm. in the progress that she's made throughout her career from starting at Twilight to now portraying Princess Diana and wow. being the best actress of the year. You know? So wow, I think they will reward that. Uh I'm I'm hoping so. I'm really, really hoping so. Um yeah, you just don't, you can't not root for her, and yeah, that's you know true one of the one of the things that I loved seeing this film is like Kristen Stewart just kind of disappears, at least for me. You're like watching the screen, and you're like, okay, this is Kristen Stewart for the first like couple frames, and then all of a sudden you're like, kind of forget, and you're just like, you know that you're watching Princess Diana, mm-hmm. and when a character can conv- like when an actor can convince you that they are that person, right. You know, that's very impressive to me. Character right. actor. Yeah. That when they lose themselves into the, and embody that person mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. their fullest potential, where they transform into that person to you, that's what, that's what did Especially
2: it for me. somewhat of the profile of Kristen Stewart, because she is a very well-known personality and person. People have this idea of what she is because of Twilight and exactly. everything else. It's, I agree with you, it's very hard to give that sort of performance and people to forget about all of that and just see who it is that you're trying to portray. Yeah. Um. Because I'll say this, like as well as Will Smith, what, as well as he did in, in King Richard, I still was watching and I was like, that's Will Smith. He's playing a character. Yeah. He's doing very well playing that character. Yeah. But like you're saying, I didn't lose myself in that and being like, Oh my God, like this is what Serena and Venus's dad is. And, but like that, that not to say, not to take anything away from his performance at all. I mean, this is a poor comparison, but, yeah. but, exactly what you said, like, I saw Princess Diana on screen, and I, don't, I didn't know anything about Princess Diana really to the point that this film educated me on, but, like, I felt like I learned a ton about her and yeah. from what I've gathered from interviews of other people talking about the mm-hmm. the r- realistic parts of it and, and her performance, like, she did it justice. Yeah. So. It is an imagination, and it says mm-hmm. that right. in the beginning. You yeah. know, it's an ima- uh, like an
3: interpretation of a tragedy, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. But, so it's a it's a what if type of thing right mm-hmm. of what her life might have been like behind those closed doors but um that they did incredible and i'm just like it goes in uh, to show like i'm loving pablo Larraín's style even yeah. more yeah. like i watched jackie and i fell in love with that movie and then once i saw the trailer for spencer like i literally had goosebumps all over my body because <laughs> so i was just like yeah. dude this guy just knows uh-huh. how to He's just gi- yeah, he just knows how to give you like something that's gonna mess with your mind and with your soul, but mm-hmm. and make you feel attached to a character.
0: It's heartbreaking that people just don't appreciate that. They just want to s- be fed, you know, a, a straightforward thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like yo, it's, take some time to think. It's okay. It's good to yeah, think. It's good. It's because I don't want to
3: say things that are gonna be controversial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. But it's like it's, <laughs> it's like the you can tell when a director. like producer whatever writers of the film like consume some type of literature versus another so it's like this is i'm watching someone who is very well educated very well read Mm. and very well informed to be able to make these elevated types of stories versus somebody that's like i don't know a writer that you know makes movies that are not as elevated i'm not i don't want to keep tossing out Names yeah, here. Cause.
0: It's okay. No need. No need to. We, yeah. can,
3: we can. We can fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Fill yeah. in the blanks because you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I said it recently in mm-hmm. an episode.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that was
3: that was my number five, Spencer. It was a great film. If you haven't watched it, please do. It's a great time. Just do yourself a favor. If you've watched The Crown, forget everything you know about The Crown going into it. Please, you <laughs> the really crown have great. to. The you crown really have to. please yeah. forget everything. You know it's a. It's its own thing. It's not The Crown. Just go into that with that mindset. With that being said, Abraham, you're number five.
2: Are we gonna 3 P All three of us go Spencer number five? <laughs> you have Spencer number five too? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to deviate pretty far from Spencer. Okay. <laughs> I'm from my number five. Um, my number five, when we were making this list earlier, came up and it was a movie that Avi mentioned that I completely forgot about, but I watched it twice. And, and in comparison to the other movies on my list, it, it definitely needs to make it for me um and it was just a great theater experience when i watched it um it has to go to a quiet place part 2 wow, cool wow. that's my number wow. 5
3: i kind of forgot that that came out this year i'm not gonna lie yeah. um so spoiler and, and, alert and it's not in my list <laughs> 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 it's not in my list wow. either okay but it's great <laughs> i'm glad
2: we get to kind of vary it up but you know i think that you know as much as we talk about being an elevated storyteller and all of that stuff you got to really Think about the times that when you saw a movie and you really enjoyed that theater experience and yeah. had a fun time in the theater. We watched it in Adobe. I think I think I watched it with you guys. We watched yeah, watched In yeah. Adobe Atmos, yeah, Adobe Theater, yeah. Adobe Theater. Dude, the sound design in that film was so intentional. It was nuts. It was integral to the storytelling, and it was crazy. And here's the thing: like, A Quiet Place is one of those things that, like, I don't know. Some people might just see it as a blockbuster movie, and it's like know big big things going on on screen and whatever it's a little bit of a horror but I think when I saw the first movie with John Krasinski and acting in it and you know Emily Blunt it was it was great it was a great film but I was like what happens after this like are we gonna get a good iteration from this or is it just going to get lost in sequel mode where films are like "Eh, let's make a sequel because it's gonna make money type thing Mm -hmm. and you know people forget that, you know, The Quiet Place was one of the resurgent movies to, like, kind of bring people back to the theaters. Yeah. Because John Krasinski had that kind of campaign and was, like, watch it in the theaters, like, come back safely so we can all watch and experience the film in theaters. And that was that feeling that I had again in 2021 to go back to the theaters and be excited to watch something like that. And I think John Krasinski, like, so much care into the movie. Like, there was a bit of a prequel um, aspect in the first 15 minutes that I thought was... Super needed, and I didn't know we were gonna get that. I thought we were just gonna pick up where we left off, but it added a whole other element to the story that you didn't know about. Um, I still have such an attachment to the characters. Like Emily Blunt's character is like the strongest, most badass woman like on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, her kids are insane. Like she has a whole deaf child that does insane things and lives in this world where everything is supposed to be silent. And that's her world. That's you know everyone has to live in her world now. So Mm -hmm. that's so crazy to me. Um, And I think that. You know, Killian Murphy at being, a, being added to this film was awesome. I just had a great time with this movie. I think that, you know, for, it, it was sad that I forgot about it for a bit, but to think about it going back, I don't think my theater experience would be what it was without A Quiet Place Part two. So that's why it's in on my top five, and it made number five for me. Love that. I, I'm ashamed to say that I forgot it came out this year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did because, you know, that kind of started the resurgence and the confidence, I think, personally— one of the reasons why studios started to be comfortable again with being like, all right, let's have these theatrical releases because people are yeah, going to go to the theaters. It, yeah. was, it, was it was a test. It was one of the
3: first films to
2: get yeah. and It did well for pandemic numbers, yeah. like, mm-hmm. at that time. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, someone had to come out and be like, okay, we're going to make movies again for the theaters and we want people to enjoy it there. And, you know, I think that John Krasinski was super intentional in that. And, you know, it was one of those films that you had to watch in the theaters, too, and especially in, like, a Dolby was so like being in Adobe Theater was so cool to watch that. And I just remember like getting goosebumps when things yeah. would go completely silent in the perspective mm-hmm. of the daughter that was deaf. And then you would get that rush of sound back in when it changed perspectives. Yeah. And it was just, it was the dir- directing was great. John Krasinski, don't sleep, man.
0: Don't sleep at his, as a writer director. He's really He's good. A re- and He's an really actor. Ty- and actor as well. I totally <laughs> <laughs> forgot. He's good. Yeah, man. <laughs> Joe. Shout, Joe. Out shout out
2: all three. Shout out Jim from The Office. <laughs> yeah, shout out Jim Helper, bro. But um, I know you guys <laughs>
0: are hearing us say Dolby Theater, Dolby Atmos. Mm. Just explain real quick. So, Dolby Theater is um, a premium format theater uh, similar to IMAX, but it's its own thing. Um, it's a, It has a 4K projector. Mm. And. Um, has sound a sound system called uh, adobe Atmos with spatial audio, so um, there's like speakers on the on the ceiling, on the sides, all over the on the, behind you, and it basically creates a, a spatial audio for you where you feel as if you know an audio is actually. Let's say there's a a plane scene where the plane is coming, um, flying above someone. It you're gonna feel you're gonna see the you're gonna feel as if the audio is coming from.
2: Topic the here. point of it is to put you in, in the industry. place of the character. It's more immersive. It's more immersive. Yeah, immersive. It's making you yeah. feel like you're in that world. Everything that, you know, the way it looks on screen, how the sound is happening is actually happening to you. So that's the super important yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think made the movie so even better. And
3: Dolby Vision as well. Yeah, um, yeah it has Dolby Vision. High, dy- high dynamic range. And they have, like, a little demo at the very beginning, which is, like, uh, mm-hmm. showing you, like, the contrast between, like, how high dynamic range works with uh, mm-hmm. Dolby Vision. Yeah. And then like the screen cuts to black and then you just get this font that says, yes, the projector is still on because you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pitch black. Great contrast. Yeah. So if you so. guys
0: are, are wondering where you can see a, a a movie in Dolby Theater, just look at the AMC app and just look at the icon that says Dolby Theater. Mm. And um, if you're listening in Massachusetts, there's a three in Boston that you can go to.
2: Yep. And okay. I'll say this, even even though we're talking about the theater a lot, even if you haven't seen the movie in theaters and it's not available, obviously, in theaters anymore, still watch it. I think it's yes. still a great it's watch. Great. And I'm very excited to see what they do with the third iteration, which, honestly, I get very nervous with, with uh, trilogies a, trilogy, a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have on, confidence in that, though. But mm-hmm. you can bank on John Krasinski coming back because it's his baby. Like, he's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Doing they're going to make it. that movie. They or,
3: wouldn't want it any other way either, the right. studio. 100%. So, so.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's my number 5. Uh, All right. So go my, on to number 4. Number 4. Number 4. Here's my, where it gets crazy. Yeah. My number 4. There are movies that are lower on this list um or like number 9, number 8, number 10, whatever that I think are better films than this movie. Um but just the way that I experienced this film it just had to be higher for me, and when I analyzed that, it's one of those movie experiences that I'm never going to forget, and that's why Spider-Man No Way Home is number four. Wow. Me. Wow. Look be- at Marvel four, ranking higher. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, not, I was, I'm the first person to tell you I'm not a Marvel fanboy. Yeah. I'm not a Marvel fanboy. They're cool. I, I'm nothing against Marvel movies. Marvel movies are cool, man. They're fun. No, time. they're great. They're, they're great. awesome. It's they're a fun time. they're good time. They're not cinema, but they're great. Ooh. I'm just kidding. Well, continue. I, mean, I didn't I, say that. I'm no not comment. gonna acknowledge no that comment. comment. <laughs> I'm not gonna acknowledge that. Um, Scorsese, who? And, and, and I'm gonna say, okay, listen, I'm gonna uh, tell you this. This to me was was cinema. And I'm gonna say that with my chest. Oh, because open. Okay. He said, he said, give it a
0: give it a best picture nomination. Because here's the thing about
2: <laughs> here's the thing about film. You make a film for yourself as a filmmaker, but you make a film for the audience. Mm, yeah. and you make a film for the audience to feel something. Mm-hmm. And if you were in that theater and you know anything about Spider-Man, you have any attachment to Spider-Man period, you can't say that you sat there and you didn't feel anything. Yes, I agree. You felt so many different emotions coming through with, you know, what they did with that movie that it's just so, it's so hard to discount, discount that and kind of discard it and throw it away and be like, Oh, but it's Marvel. Like, I don't care that it was Marvel. Like we, if the MCU was what was needed to make that film the way that it was made to do that type of fan service. It just felt good. Yeah. I can't, I can't put it any lower because of that. Uh, and that's why it's my number four film.
3: Feel free to talk spoilers as well. Like, mention yeah, it, because we're at the point where, yeah, like, come like, on, come right, on, what are you living under figure a rock? This out. is your spoiler figure warning.
2: If you can't, if you haven't seen it now, just like, skip ahead in the podcast. Like, figure like, out, minutes,
0: whatever. everyone's in this movie. We everyone's got Batman, we got the Joker, bro. We got everyone <laughs> in this film, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: crazy. My favorite part was then like, the, the Green Goblin does, like, a 360 flip on a Crain. skateboard, and, you know, Peter Parker shoots webs at it, whatever. Nah, but for real... <laughs> It was so cool seeing Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire and Tom Holland. Yeah. Like, that was just so fun. It was so, it was so nostalgic. It felt great. They brought elements of the old movies back, like, more than just the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I was super happy and thrilled. Everyone was yelling. I don't even know what the heck was happening the first time we were watching the movie. Like, I couldn't hear the characters speak because everyone was screaming in that theater. Yeah. I awesome. was going crazy, and it was fun. Like, that was so cool. And then, like... You have Willem Dafoe coming back, like this dude is the he has the most right out of anybody to be like, oh, come back and make another Spider-Man. He'll be like, no, sorry, I have to go chase chase my Oscar because I haven't gotten one yet still to this yeah. point. Uh, but he's like, guess what? I'm gonna come back and play Goblin even better. Yeah. <laughs> even better yeah. than I did. <laughs> That's because so bro, true. the moments that Goblin was on screen that he was there, I was like, yo, you're kinda stealing show. <laughs> and yeah. there's Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire.
0: That scene where you're uh yeah. in the apartment where yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man is punching him and punching him and he just starts smiling. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminded me of the, of the scene of the Dark Knight, the interrogation scene, where, mm-hmm. um, where a man punching it with Heath Ledger and mm-hmm. punching him and he's just
2: laughing. So good, man. Love, yeah. so Love good. that. So I think that, and, and then the other element that I think that was awesome is, you know, the amazing Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. is sad to, to think about because I think that Andrew Garfield uh, didn't get his, you know, due diligence with those films i thought they could have been better and they could have done a third movie and there's so many things that could have changed but there were still elements to that storyline that was great and they brought back you know elements of you know him losing gwen and then you have that like people might call it gimmicky but like him saving zendaya and like getting emotional makes you emotional and it's Mm -hmm. like all of that was great and then to see toby kind of be like the older brother to all of them and and you know he was a bitter spider-man at some points and like vengeful and you know wanted goblin to die and him being the one to stop tom holland's character and being like look at yourself through me and stop like don't make the same mistake that i made and being vengeful you know after killing the killer of Uncle ben and like just being super uh uh angry like take that anger and make it something better, and I, I don't know. It was just it was just so fun, and I know there's flaws, but that I just had a good time. It was a good time. A good time. It's uh,
3: the flaws are in the first two acts of the film. Like the when when you say like Spider Man is you, you're calling it cinema, mm-hmm. I will say so for the third act of the film. Mm. It's masterfully done, but after like a second watch, when I saw it for the second time, I was like, you the the first the first uh, two acts of this movie are literally just filler to give a reason as to why Andrew mm-hmm. and Toby have to come back, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's acceptable once you get to the third act.
2: right?
3: You know, but I agree. I agree with most of what you said. Like, if, if it finally feels like they're setting up Peter Parker to be, like Tom Holland's Peter Parker to be, what the fans want him to be. Right. Which is I
0: depressed. Love, I love to meme it <laughs> You know? It's like, fans want him to be, <laughs> have no home, have no family,
2: be depressed. I, w- I want to see Peter Parker down back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like,
3: like, but like, that's the essence of who he is as a character. Because, that's yeah, who we grew up with. That's who Peter Parker him, is. Is yeah. facing the yeah. challenges of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know.
2: It's tough because the thing is, there's so many elements of Spider-Man in the comics that are different, right? Like, all this, all this, Peter Parker's and Spider-Man's like the different editions. They're different people because we've seen the, the, the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi, uh, Spider-Man. That's like, it's a little bit darker and they're definitely darker tone. But then I think that some people were missing some of the fact that like Peter Parker's a kid, you know, he's in high school, he's fun, he's whatever. And that's what brought about the Tom Holland one. And then when people are starting to be like, okay, like, uh, me, me, like I saw homecoming or no, sorry, uh, far from home. And I was like, Oh, this is great. But you know, a little bit of a Mickey Mouse Spider Man, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's not he's not as cool as the other ones and whatever. And he needed not, to go through something. He, yeah, he did. No. He needed to go through some actual yeah. adversity, and I think that he did now. And I was telling someone the other day this, like those iterations of the spider-man are i think what they want this evolution of tom holland's to be tom holland is yeah. the naive one and the the wide-eyed one with all this power and doesn't know what to do with it and then you have the andrew garfield one who in this movie he's like bitter he's the one who's bitter he's the one who lost someone and doesn't really know how to overcome that change and he kind of needs mm-hmm. this group to overdo it, to get through that and then toby Maguire's is the one who's been through it all he's got it he's done he's done he you know, he makes a little mention of how him and Mary Jane kind of worked it out. It's complicated, but it's working. And it's like, that's cool to see that there's the th- like there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's like Tom Holland's in the beginning and Toby's where he wants to be at. I thought that was cool. I think that it would be cool to see. You know, I don't, I don't want them to overdo bringing them into the next movie if there is that. Oh uh, no, they're, to
3: it. they're going full, full in. They're we'll going see all in. No, 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 they are. They are, go- they are bringing back Andrew Garfield. They're going to continue Amazing Spider-Man. C- they're going to bring Andrew Toby Garfield. and do a, a thing with him as well. Mm. They want to bring back Kirsten Dunst. They want to bring back Gwen. They already have all these projects lined up. That'd be cool. In the beginning of like the post-production process. It's, money, cool. man. So talk about it's it. money, It's makes money. money. <laughs> it's <laughs> it makes cool. Money. Yeah, once they saw what this did, they're like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to run with it now for run God knows it. how but long. How the
2: heck do you bring back Gwen? She's
3: dead. It, the multiverse, multiverse is open. You can bring uh, back anybody at any point. No in time. one is nah, I'm dead. I'm dead. No good, one's I'm dead, good, bro. bro. No see, that, yeah. Tony Stark's I, alive. Mm, you know, you can bring him back. Yeah.
2: See, this is where I'm starting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still not going to change my view on this because I had fun with this. But this is where I'm going to start to get mm, like questionable with Marvel in the fact yeah. that, like, if it starts to become like, let's just do all of this because it's a money grab, then I'm going to get annoyed. Um, especially if they don't do it well, they don't do justice I mean, to the characters. Yeah. We'll see. We'll but we'll see. We'll we'll see how it goes. Right. So far great time
3: just know that like the rumor for doctor strange they just recently had more reshoots and stuff and that's because they believe that they're gonna bring back one uh, of the spider-man wolverine hugh jackman hugh jackman is wolverine a lot of the x-men is supposed to be introduced through them and all that stuff like (laughs) nobody's dead that's what i'm saying so like he dies in logan obviously but like nobody's
0: dead bro they're all gonna come back well logan is in the future remember Sure.
3: Yo, the MCU. Yeah.
2: Oh, forget, I okay. don't know. Forget, forget. All right. Let's. All right. We're done with, We're MCU. with MCU. Charlie, it's That was a good time. I was just say that. I. It's gonna be one of the more memorable movie experiences for the past like ten years of my life. That movie. Hundred percent. Nothing's gonna touch so it. So that's yeah. why it's there.
3: Nothing's gonna touch it. Your fourth one.
2: Your number four. Number
3: four for me is Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Uh. We already had an episode on this one, so I won't say much for the sake of time, but it is a beautifully crafted film. Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite actors now, especially after watching... Actors? Word. Or sorry, directors, <laughs> not actors, the <what> heck? <laughs> one of my favorite directors, and he has a very, you know, unique uh, style, and wow, this movie just, it gives you all the emotions, and especially towards the third act, you kind of start to... Feel the anxiety building up, and he he just knocks out of the park. He's very good, Guillermo. Shout out to him, and I don't think um I don't think Bradley Cooper will get a nomination for his role in this, but he's no, also so. he's also very good. He is very good. He did
0: a very good job. Um, beautiful film. Yeah, I, I loved it too. All right, so four now, right? Or four number four. Okay, so four for me is director Steven Spielberg's. West Side Story. Yeah. Um, okay. It's ranked number four for me. Uh, Abe already already talked about it, but um, it it's just a master. It's a directing masterclass. I mean, he just knows. <laughs> he just knows how to add his 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 the the Spielberg essence to his movies. He just knows what he's doing, and you see yep. the, ma- the his magic into every movie that he's making. You just know, oh, that's a Spielberg film, and that's what I got with West Side Story. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, I just. Uh, I, I said this in our in our in our review of it. I just love that we're getting fresh new faces in Hollywood, mm. and uh, I'm so excited for the entire cast and to see you know what's up next for them because I know everyone who was in that film was super talented, right. and um, I don't want to get more deep into it. But West High Story was amazing. The music was amazing. Um, it it didn't feel like a remake to me. It just felt like a reimagining, and mm. um, I, I I loved it, and um, I it had a great. great time watching it. Musicals what a year for musicals there was so many musicals that have come out and released and um yeah i I just think that you know even if i'm not a big fan of musicals but i loved the musicals that came out this year um but yeah i'm gonna go to number three and top three top three and um this film uh the more i think about it the more i'm like wow this this one is it is so good and it, it hit me even more when I, you know, I analyze it again and I just reevaluate it. And that is Mike Mills. Come on, come on. Um, Fire. That it's, it's like Charlie was saying, um, uncle, nephew dynamic. You usually think father and son, which it is a father and son. But to get a story about an uncle, uncle and nephew dynamic and for it to be so real. Was something to really be inspired. Um, I thought this film felt like I was watching uh, these two people live their life, but also it was something I was like, wow, how can I replicate that? You know, how can I write a story that is so genuine like this? Mm. You know, anytime they spoke, they, it just felt so real. You know, it, it felt like I was in that conversation with them the writing was amazing and i just loved that it was in black and white because yes um life is black and white because we don't know what happens in the future <laughs> cuz that's what it is yeah we that's why I, I don't know if even that makes sense but that's how i <laughs> that's how i that's how i kind of pictured it i don't know if that's a bad interpretation but um that's why i think some things are just black and white and
2: we just can't you know black look- and white usually means like it's pretty clear cut Clear cut.
0: That,
2: mean, that means it's like, you know exactly what no, you're no, getting. No,
0: no, no. But, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, this is now. Mm-hmm. So live in the now mm-hmm. because you don't know what's coming up next. Oh, I see. That's what I, that's what I mean. I see what you're that's saying. That's why I thought like making it black and white was was good because that's what we're getting. That's yeah. the relationship.
2: I, got, I was hearing some, I can't remember what it was that I heard this quote come from, but it was like, Making a movie black and white kind of takes away from the it, it, it makes you focus more on the intimate details of what's going on because mm-hmm. it takes away from the color and whatever. So it's like that's bringing the audience in to focus more and it's bringing you in to focus mm-hmm. on the present. So I, that kind of makes a lot of sense okay. when, um, when you make something black and white.
0: It's that film was incredible and I just love the the doc, the the process that uh Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix character he's making a documentary throughout this film. And yeah. they brought in real real kids and children yeah. to to speak mm-hmm. on you know yep. issues that they that they, they've been going through and the relationships that they have that was such a, a amazing it felt like a you were watching a documentary but it was a film yeah and i'll
2: i'll just jump in here because i matched up with davi my number 3 is also come on come on Ooh, um, okay. just to in the flow of how it's going but absolutely but yeah i i agree with everything Davi's saying that movie was very it just felt like you were a fly on the wall of this family's relationship and, you know, rekindling family experience um, because in the film, Joaquin Phoenix had at one point some sort of relationship with his nephew, but now it's necessary because of the family dynamic and what's going on um, in the, in the story. And, you know, um, the child, man, I keep forgetting his name, Woody Norman. He was so good. He was very, very good. And I think that, it also speaks to how good Joaquin is because he, he has this element about him that I've gathered is he's very personable. Mm. Um, when people actually speak to him one-on-one, like we have this weird, I think people have a weird perception of Joaquin. Like what, like he's this is interesting, weird guy. He plays a lot of niche, interesting roles. Um, he kind of seems a little bit odd uh, as a person, but um, like from the, we've seen him in like things like her, where he plays someone who's a little bit reclusive and is mm-hmm. in love with this AI. We've seen him in Joker. He's a, Um, you know a a character who has a lot of psychiatric problems and you know these are the characters that we see but now we're seeing a nurturing Joaquin Phoenix and I think that that is kind of true to his personality as just a person and and why he was so good at those interviews with those kids that they got is because he was conducting those interviews like he was just trying to have a conversation with the kids and that's why it was so organic and I think that that I don't know exactly how the mm-hmm. production of the film was because I didn't do enough research on it. But I think that you can kind of see that's kind of how the relationship between nephew and and uncle is. It's organic. You can tell that they built that chemistry. And and you can see that Joaquin made Woody feel comfortable in that role. Um, And it was just awesome, man. That yeah. movie made me feel a lot of different emotions and I don't even know if I processed all of them. And it's one that I definitely need to revisit.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And it, it just... Um, After watching it, it just made me want to have a conversation with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, um, I agree. I just wanted me to, you know, have a. I would love to sit down and just talk to him because I think yeah. he's such a wise uh, person, mm-hmm. individual, and uh, it, that's what I felt after watching this. You know, I just felt like I was like, dang, like I would go to him, you know, I would want to go to him and talk to him. And talk to him about uh, But you understand that he's not perfect. Right, right. And he he shows that to you. Right. And that's... Awesome. Yeah. You know, someone admitting, like, look, I'm not perfect because we're all humans. Right. And that's what I got from this film. Mm-hmm. It humanizes everyone. It shows that, look, no one is perfect. Your mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, you, not perfect because we're all living in life. and We all make mistakes in life. Right. And we have to grow with one another.
2: Yeah. The movie's incredible. I Beautiful. recommend everybody watch it. All right. Charlie, do you want to give your number three? My number three is. <laughs> you guys
3: are going to be. Interesting. It's gonna be interesting now for the last three. My number things. three is Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Dune. Wow. Is that number three for me. Wow. What the heck, I bro? I know, you know. I know. Number three. Number three. That's <laughs> really good. That's really good. That's I was
0: good. I was picking top two, bro. Yeah. I, I was picking top two. It, it, I don't it care, I'm could
3: care. potentially be interchangeable. I, I was thinking about it, but I I don't think I can swap it to two it's at three for me that
2: just
1: uh, makes me very so curious West Side where
0: Story is not on your West Side Story is gonna be number two for you no way stop just trying
2: just to guess this thing it. let him go and say wow, what he wants that's just, interesting. Let him, just let him go and say I'm talking stuff. to on my phone yo go
1: ahead. <laughs> it's all it's all good it's all good
3: uh yeah not much to say I'm not gonna say much we already did two episodes on Dune uh it's incredible it's a masterclass uh of directing cinematography acting everything hmm. it's beautiful can't wait to see the continuation number three is Dune
0: for me
2: yeah awesome
1: yeah
0: Abe gave you number two.
2: Oh shoot! Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one's hard right now, bro. And I'm not gonna lie; I don't know if I should swap one and two, like in this exact moment. But I'm gonna keep the list the way that I wrote it Mm -hmm. for the way that um it should go. So number two for me is um something that was already on other people's list. But my number two is Spencer. Um, wow. And I, I really want. I part of me really wants to put it at number one. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was so moved by a person's performance. Mm, like, yeah. talk about people stealing the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the Kristen Stewart show. Yeah. It was the Kristen it Stewart was. show. I mean, the uh, don't get me wrong. The directing was incredible, and that's what lended to her being able to make that performance, too. But right. I don't remember. It's so crazy when you talk about I know people will talk about it all the time. they like, oh, she was in Twilight, and she was shit. But it's <laughs> like... It's so night and day. Yeah, her and like Rob Pattinson, like mm-hmm. the two of them from Twilight to now are insane, insanely different. To see yeah. the forget about
0: Twilight, y'all, please.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes
0: and no. No, no, no. Don't forget. You're right. You're it, true. It, yeah. Like,
2: it, I it. think it's integral to see that because it gives you such a baseline to see where someone can come from. It's inspiring, bro. Mm-hmm. Because you think about how big they were. Like, they were big celebrities at mm-hmm. the time of Twilight. They were huge in pop yeah. culture. The two of them, you know. And they were dating, so it's huge for teen were, life and all that. They were awesome, and, and, you know, to them, right, in my head, if I'm them, I'm like, dang, where, how do you go from here? Like, I'm at the top of, you know, where I could possibly be and fame and whatever. Like, where could I go from here? Do I need to progress anymore? Yeah. And the fact that they both still were like, we can be better actors. We can hone our craft. We can yeah. do things and take roles that we actually really want to do. And now it's time for, it's not Twilight's time anymore. It's Robin Kristen's time. Like, we're going to show you who we are through yeah. our roles, what kind of actors we are. And, man, she she was incredible. Um, Pablo Larraín, am I saying that correctly? hmm mm-hmm. One thing that really got me is every still looked like a painting. Mm. Yeah. The bathroom scene where she's over the toilet. And her huge draping dress like over her looked like a dystopic like painting, something Mm -hmm. that was like if someone modern today was to draw like a bride who didn't or to paint a bride who was having second thoughts or cold feet about her wedding. That's Mm -hmm. what I pictured. But at the same time, it had a feel where it could have been like a mid 17th century painting because of it was in this in the set design like it was it was a beautiful royal family um setting like with all of these intricacies and in design of the the room and everything that's going on like every every shot in that movie looked like it could have been a painting that was hung up in buckingham palace so to me yeah. everything in that movie was intentional it did everything perfectly it was a it was a near perfect film for me yeah it's very hard to point out flaws for me yeah awesome and that's why it's very hard for me to not put it at number one. But Spencer was my was my number two film of the year. Love that. Wow. Charlie.
3: My number two? You want to take a guess? Because you already <laughs> you were trying to figure out what my number two was. Number one. You, you're not going to get it. You're just not going to get I it. Would I get it? Well, I mean, no, no, no. no. You could probably Hold get on. what my number two is. You won't get what my number one is. You just won't. What? Yeah. No time to die. is your number two. No time to die is my number two. You got it, yeah. <laughs> but you're not going to get my number one. That's <laughs> is your number one Belfast. No, we're not. We're not going to talk about it right now. We're going to get talk about talk about it when we get to number one. But okay, sorry, I don't, I'm gonna keep guessing. It's all I good. It's I all good. No time to die is my number one. Uh, number two. T- number two. Sorry, not my number one. No time <laughs> to die is my number two. Um, we didn't get to do an episode on this, um, which was a little sad because for me, it. Obviously, Spider Man is like the best theater experience because collaboratively with people because everyone's cheering, going crazy. For me, No Time to Die was very impactful because it it cemented the legacy of Daniel Craig as Bond Mm. and ended, you know, ended with No Time to Die. And I remember my mom took me to watch Casino Royale for the first time when it came out in theaters it's still a memory that I have because it's one of the only times that my mom's ever been to the movie theaters. Yeah, (laughs) that was wild. I didn't realize
2: (laughs) we watched that with mom.
3: Yeah, and that was back in 2006. And (laughs) the fact that Daniel Craig is just now leaving us in 2021, you know, it's... uh, it, it, the, the way that it ended to me was beautiful. I had tears. I was crying like Bro, a little baby. I was his eyes out. <laughs> because the character of Bond means a lot to me as yeah, a kid growing up, awesome. like yeah, yeah. as a spy character and, and that's important. That's okay important for cry. these lists. Crying yeah. And, and, dude, I'm t- the direction in this movie, like in cinematography, the tone that they had was, v- ugh, it's like they perfected the tone of Bond like t- to go out with a bang. Mm. Obviously there's flaws. Uh, and uh you know and uh, a villain that's not super interesting all that stuff but you, when you get the dynamic between like bond and like wanting to be near the end of his career and wanting to settle and actually build his family and and uh there's some stuff that I don't want to spoil but I I thought it was beautifully done it was a beautiful send off to daniel craig and I'm going to be very bitter when they announce the new bond I I don't know if I'll be able to accept it Idris Elba yeah, I, I, I mean, it, like in my head, I'm like, that sounds awesome, but it I can't just be. can't see somebody who else. who you grew up on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I grew up watching all of them, to be honest. I watched uh, Pierce Brosnan, I watched. But you have um, a
0: connection with Daniel Craig because. I have a connection with Daniel Sean Craig the Connery. most, yeah. yeah. I watched
3: Sean Connery, I, you know, I the thing, I played the video games with, yeah. with Sean Connery mm-hmm. at the time. They never made a Daniel Craig Bond game which or is whatever. Which the is, fact is, that Sean Connery had his own
2: game. Yeah, like, from Russia with Love mm-hmm.
3: on ps Two or one or whatever. Yeah, I think it was PS One. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was beautiful. That's that's my number two. And Guess. if you haven't watched it, I don't I don't know what to say. And Abe, you didn't watch it. I haven't watched it. You're
2: a bum. You need to watch <laughs> I, it. I, 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 okay. See, the thing is, I wasn't gonna say anything. I was gonna let you have your sentimental moment. I was just gonna be like, "That's awesome." I have my own thoughts about Bond. um No, yeah. it's okay. You don't have to say your it's thoughts cool. about Bond. i I'll say, th- I'll say they're this. They're wrong. I'll say this. So. No. Okay. I will say this. I have seen, I think every single, um, I wouldn't say I've seen every single Bond movie, but I've seen every single um, actor that has played Bond. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, I see Daniel Craig, I think of James Bond. Yeah, you know he's the I mean? uh, he's the best one. He's the best one. And, I think he's the best one. And, and, you know, it's a bittersweet end to see it go. Um, but props to Daniel Craig and, and to, you know, be in that role for so long and gave, gave a bunch of great performances. Oh yeah. Um, so good for him. Good for the series. I'm very curious where it goes, but um, you know he whoever comes next has big shoes to fill. Very very big shoes to fill.
0: Um, wow. My number two
3: uh, But v- I hope that the
2: two? next Bond I hope that the oh. next Bond Is directed by the same director In like a trilogy series Or something like that I hope so too stop, stop switching directors exactly. Please
3: uh, Denis it's Villeneuve it. said He wants to direct the Bond Well so. you need
0: Well Denis You need to finish Doom first Bro. Yeah yeah
3: It's not gonna come Until
2: after he does doom yeah. So it'll okay. be The next Bond After this Bond Probably Bro. Denis will be like 80 years old <laughs> Yo I'm sorry R- You can make Ruby The Bond Of Denis' <laughs> film And I'll watch it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll watch it I'll, You uh, can be uh, Bond That's facts Alright <laughs>
0: Steve's <laughs> number 2. Um I think Charlie knows what my number 2 is, but um <laughs> this movie y'all, I think I I was I related to this film so much and um it, it's I think it's cuz I'm at a, a, a part a, a state in my life where um I don't know, I think I'm still like trying to reach a s- uh, some place that I'm not yet there yet. Mm. And um that was tick tick boom. Um I wow. just I remember watching this at home I was like wow I was in tears watching this by myself wow just like this character was just wow I mean I'm not a big Broadway guy I don't know nothing about Broadway I didn't know about Rent um which was created by Jonathan Larson and who's the sco- story is about um but just to see his life and where he got to um as a creator it's very emotional and very inspiring it's a truly an inspiring story for everyone um who has a goal and wants to reach a goal in life doesn't matter if it's an art if it's from the arts if it's it's literally anything i think anyone can relate to this film yes is a musical but it was a musical that it was done incredible um the scene with um that that argument scene that they have I've, yeah Oh my gosh, what an amazing scene! With the um, therapy song, the therapy song, the yeah. therapy song. Um, Lemonwell Miranda, great directorial debut. Um, I think in this film, they did everything right. It was nothing, um, oh my god, they're like pushing cinema to like new heights, mm. but it just did everything right in terms of cinematography, in terms of sound design, in terms of story elements. They just did everything right, and I appreciate that movie so much. But we'll Elevated this film for me was Jonathan Larson and who he was as a character. And Andrew Garfield, oh my gosh, one of the best performances of this year. I put Christmas Stewart above, but him second for me. Um, wow. He was incredible as Jonathan Larson. He did
2: the Oscar nom? He- I think, he should, I the think he should win. Oh yeah. I think he, I think should, he win. should win. <laughs> yeah. I agree. For I his performance he in Spider Man
0: No Way Home. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Or for his
3: performance lying to the press
2: that he wasn't in the movie. Facts. Facts. I'll be honest, like for a while there he was really starting to get me to know. Yeah. But it, was,
0: yeah. it was good. It was good. But that movie was incredible. Lim Monroe, I want to see more as a director from you. You are he's killing it. Um and he... Just to oh, it's just talking about the story It's just it's heartbreaking but also very motivational. And that's why I love Tick, Tick, Boom so much. It is really deep in my heart. It's a story that I think a movie that will I will um oh my gosh. You'll remember, for a I long time, remember right? forever. Yeah, I will remember forever. Yes. I a agree. film and um I it sh- it hit me good. And That's yeah. dope. Um so, y'all. We give the honorable entrance before we get two are number one i'm gonna start with charlie first okay charlie um can you list off your honorable mentions honorable mentions are movies that you we really loved but it was just hard for us to put on our list but you guys should definitely check out as well so charlie absolutely so oh, um i
3: gotta i gotta give it to west side story i really really wanted it to be on my list the only reason that it didn't make it to at least number 10 is because it's a remake. Ah, That's the only reason I like, I loved everything about it, but for my list, I was looking for something that was original mm. and not redone uh, mm. the whole way through. Mm. But I think the
2: reason why I made mine in that sense is because I had never seen the original, right? And you have that attachment to the original, so it makes it a little bit different. But like
3: it, it honestly, uh, I could like change my mind tomorrow, and it could Mm. go into a number ten. Yeah, you know. Uh, The other one, Spider-Man: No Way Home, easily the best theater experience of the year for me. Mm. But in terms of uh, storytelling and what I feel impacts me from uh, films, uh, couldn't make it into the top ten, but easily like you know in the top like maybe 20 or so of the year for me um other ones to mention um as much as i didn't want to say this movie uh titan titan was a weird one (laughs) (laughs) but for whatever reason it stays in my
2: mind and i'm like what did i watch (laughs) you know i have one of those on my list
3: yeah and it's um yeah this movie's very very different um Beware, be beware if you go watch Titan. Um, another one would also be for me, I think Last Night in Soho for sure, uh, is another honorable mention. And then um also The Last Duel. Didn't make my list, but The Last Duel was an incredible film mm. this year. Ridley Scott did a great job. I love the aspect of uh telling the same story but from different perspectives, mm. which then closes in on what what side was actually reality um because it's like a game of telephone you know people in real life they they have their story they they, all, they say there's there's two uh, three sides to a story right is two that what they saying two sides to a story two sides to a story your your side and then the truth oh you know i think it's i think they say there's a saying that it's like three sides to every story mm. it's your side the other person's side and there's the, know, truth. the truth oh yeah. okay so like that. that's <laughs> exactly what we got from the last duel and i loved it That's awesome. Uh, Abe, honorable mentions. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay. Um, I have them ordered. I don't know if this order should stay this way, but these are the ways that I had it. Uh, Number 11 just didn't make it um, was the French dispatch for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Wes Anderson, I thought, you know, Wes Anderson's Wes Anderson. You know what you're going to get with that. It's going to be quirky. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool to look at. um, As Ruby gets up from (laughs) her (laughs) nap. Um, but the French Dispatch was cool, man. Wes Anderson is is a very different storyteller. Um, he, you know, the cast was incredible. You have Francis McDormand, you have Timothy Chalamet, um, you know, people that I'm forgetting. Yeah, Owen Wilson in it randomly, which I thought was a cool addition. Yeah, and it was just little vignettes. Um, there's very few directors that can do that and keep people's attention. Um, another movie that it reminded me of was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs from the Coen Brothers. Uh, it was kind of just like little tales that kind of make part of a bigger story. Um, that movie was super cool it's it's definitely a little bit niche and um, uh, it's sad that it didn't make my top 10 um, my next one was don't look up the don't look up was awesome great time um, I think everyone expected you know these we it had a monster cast and I think that that's why people were so you know looking forward to it and I think some people were disappointed I definitely was not um, but you know I w- maybe if it was a theatrical release, could have gone a little higher on my list. Um, also, it's a little bit more recent, so that's that. Um, my number thirteen, I have Lamb, oh. the twenty-four film. Yeah, that's um, good. By let me see the directors here: Valdemir, Valdemar, Johansson. Um, very odd foreign film, super weird. But I still think about that movie to this day, and I had fun watching it. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the foreign films is is always refreshing because you know, you're going to get a different perspective than what you're used to in American Hollywood. So, uh, lamb's up there. If you're in, if you like foreign films, you like a 24 and you like a little bit of weird, go watch lamb. Um, number 14, I have nobody, uh, which stars Bob Odenkirk and it's the action film um, that came out earlier in the year. I watched it, I think traveling and it was just so, I'm not a huge action movie person, like personally, like I'm not a huge Yeah. Um, and I mean, I have action movies on my list and whatnot, but that was a pure action that didn't take itself too seriously. I like Bob Odenkirk as an actor. Um, the movie was fun and it was just a really good time. And I, I thought about that movie recently. Um, and my last film that I added because Davi was saying it, it was on his list and I forgot about it was Mitchell versus the machines because that was my best, my favorite animated movie, um, this year, but yeah. Awesome. Um, that is
0: a great list. Um, you guys already said a lot of what I was gonna say, so I'm just gonna uh, highlight uh, one that I think a lot of people should watch. <clears> and um, the only reason it just didn't hit, cause I don't know, it it's, it was tough for me. But um, this was this film called Coda. It's on Apple TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, Heard about it, it's about uh a, a high school girl and um starring. Uh, let me give you guys the the director and the and the
3: girl. Who but that's for uh, I. This is the one about the deaf family? Yes. Yeah, so this yeah. is
0: one about a deaf family. And um, it, the oh, I forgot the girl's name, but it's Coda. And um, it's about a girl who is, um, she's not deaf, but all her family members are deaf. Oh, um, and she's in her last year of high school. And it's a coming of age story. And she's trying to figure herself out and what the future holds for her as a high school senior. Um, it's yeah. a great uh, family dynamic to see to see that. And um, it, what a what a great performance from this actor! Oh my gosh, I'm trying to find her name. Um, just wanna give her name. Yeah, right. no worries. Just so. um, I literally had it up on Apple TV yesterday. Okay, yeah. So it stars uh, Amelia it. Jones. She plays Ruby Rossi, and um, yeah. So she insane performance, great performance, and it's directed by uh Sean uh Sean Herder uh it's i think it's how you say that um i know it's a it's a woman director but i'm pretty sure cuz it's an irish name oh okay yeah i think that's how you say it mm-hmm. okay. but um yeah she just great uh i think that's her first film but just great uh directed film as well mm-hmm. um the film was actually shot in the north shore in massachusetts if you guys don't know that Well, it was shot near my dope. school um but um yeah it was awesome. just a really a really good film a great time i'm telling you you watch this you're going to leave very happy watching this film so definitely check it out um getting a lot of indie awards um and uh, independent film awards so definitely check it out if you guys got the chance and i i need to highlight this film because i think if you are a person who is a fan of abstract and just different movies um titan is your film um it is very different and um i think absolutely ridiculous how it got snubbed for the shortlist for international films uh for the oscars but again Please go with caution. This movie is very different, but um, it is, I think, if you're a person who likes foreign films and likes to see something very abstract and very, uh, you know, not Western, if that makes sense, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, um, definitely check it out, uh, but be uh, be alert. <laughs> be aware. <laughs> yeah, be aware. Proceed with caution. Proceed, don't watch it with your family. <laughs> please, but very interesting, um, and, but great filmmaking,
2: mm. but yeah. Cool. So, Who's going to do the number one? going to
0: start? I'm guessing uh, Abe and I have the same yeah, number one. Yeah, I think we, and, um, do. So we can go uh, ahead but ours in. For and it. Um, like Charlie finish. So, my number one, I mean. It's a little small movie. It's, you know, who doesn't know? If you don't know me, but like, I've been raving about this movie since it came out. And yep. um, it, it's Doom. Um, Denis, man. I am still in awe with this film. And I know there's people that did not like it. Mm-hmm. But, um,. Yo
2: with everything. Yeah,
0: and that's fine. Um yo, this movie, oh my gosh. It that is cinema. Um I have never really f- for a start of a trilogy, I have never felt like this that I have in a the theater. Um the way I felt watching this movie was like, damn. I wish I was old enough to experience Lord of the Rings when it came out. Mm. I wish I was old enough to experience when Star Wars came out. Mm. That's how I felt when I finished it. Gotcha. And I'm so grateful that now I get to experience that mm. because that's how I feel about Dune. I I, I know I'm saying that's cr- crazy statement, but I really believe that Dune is, you know, in that caliber. Yeah. And props to everyone who worked in this film. Denis is the director is becoming probably my favorite director out right now he the way that this man builds his worlds and literally how every frame is so important to a story to his story that he's crafting is beautiful if you pay attention every frame every go picture by picture i can tell you that there is a significance to the entire plot of the story because that's how much he puts into detail to the narrative that he's constructing yes, he is a person that builds a world and he's slow at building it. But that's like, but that's like, but I keep saying like, mm. but that's his, I, I think that's what he, he he that's what he does, man. Yeah. It's all he's about a, he's building world his world builder. and crafting the atmosphere that you're in. But also to just show um, the visions and the cinematography, the sound design, Hans Zimmer, you are beautiful and you're killing it. Um, this film is going to sweep technical awards. Yeah. I think it's no it's gonna win so many awards. I don't know if it wins best picture, but I, I just think that this movie should be honored and it it it, it achieved what it needed to be. Yeah. And I'm so excited that we're getting a part two. Yeah, and I just can't wait to see the the ending of the story.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, as yeah. Davi mentioned, I also have doing my number one. It was a toss up between that and Spencer, to be honest with you. Um, because those are the two movies that I've just thought about the most and, like, have really, really stuck with me, the experience that I had watching it. But, yeah, Dune is different, man. And I, I kind of echo something that Davi said about, you know, being envious of the people who were alive when, you know, and, and, and being in the cinema when Lord of the Rings was coming out and developing and being able to to be part of the beginning of that fandom um, is something that I think we're feeling with Dune. And I think it kind of reminds me of, I'm very happy that I'm here at the beginning of this franchise yeah. um, because like even when things that I'm a pretty decent, like pretty big fan of like something like Game of Thrones, right? Like mm-hmm. I caught it way in the middle. Like I caught it. I think it was like season five or six that was coming out next once I like got caught up. Um, But the fact, like, so it it's awesome when you get to do that, right. You get to catch something in the middle and become a fan, but it's even better when you're at the start of the fandom, like in the beginning you get to experience organically, like what it was like to see that movie and to be anticipating the next one. And to hopefully get the gratification of an awesome sequel, and you know a great a great trilogy to come for sure. There's just not much more that you can say about Dune and, and Denis and that cast and everyone who worked on it. It's it's a great movie. It's a great film. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Um, yeah, I can't be waiting for this this second film. is gonna be really really hard. But yeah, maybe I'll get some motivation to, to keep reading the book. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Read the book. Gotta read the book as well. Um, All right, let's see Charlie's Charlie. friggin...
3: Anyone want to take a guess? I'm like so... I'm so I'm happy confused. to be in this position right now. I hate this. <laughs> Go ahead. Any guesses? No? Um, Nobody? I have oh. no idea. It oh. has
0: to either be a, fo- a foreign film.
2: Yeah, it probably is it a foreign film. It has to be a foreign film. film. Um, I also haven't like... Was, was, it, was, it, was, was it on on someone's honorable mentions?
3: No, it was not. Yeah, yeah it, this yeah. movie was not mentioned. It has to be a foreign film. Um... My number one movie of two thousand twenty one goes to Paolo Sorrentino's *The Hand of God*. Whoa,
0: you watched it? The Hand of God, yeah. Wow. Okay, <laughs> Yo, that, that is a great film. Great choice. Yeah. That is a gr- oh yeah. I haven't. That haven't definitely. Seen it. Okay, yeah. That definitely.
1: F- <laughs> that oh yeah. Yeah. Really good. The Hand really of God.
3: Good. It. Oh my gosh. I. At first, I started watching this movie, and I was just like, "This is this is very different." Uh, you know, it's an Italian film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, so it there was, was a foreign film. We knew it. And yeah, but, yeah.
0: but 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 also a Netflix film. Yeah. Oh, also okay. Netflix. Yep. <laughs> it's cool. So um,
2: Netflix does that. Roma. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm.
0: I think Roma's. Better it's um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: then Hand of God. I, uh, I, we can have a discussion as to Roma is why oh why God. it's not. But yeah, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love <laughs> Roma. I haven't. Seen I love Roma. I Roma, Roma <laughs> is beautiful. But yeah. All right. Um, Spotlight Yeah man I mean this is um, This is one of those uh, Coming of age films That is just It's not like Other coming of age films That I've seen yeah. It does It's very unorthodox mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. It, it's it's done very differently And I don't know If that's just because I'm used to seeing You know American coming of age films But And I haven't seen An Italian one before But Oh my gosh It's I mean, done so cinema
0: well Cinema Paradiso
3: yeah that's that is a coming of age film as well but it's uh from the 80s so it's different Mm -hmm. different time you know um yeah this like there's a family dynamic in the beginning of this movie that is just like every character is just so like colorful and like full of energy and alive and his family is like crazy and it just reminded me of like my family in brazil Mm -hmm. and like what the dynamic would be you know at a party with your family you know in brazil and stuff and He's kind of just this misfit kid. Uh, he's very awkward, and he doesn't have any friends. And mm-hmm. his his friends are his family. Those are the people who are closest to him that he can you know look to and stuff. And uh, this movie's poetic in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have I'm this whole like cause I forgot to look on the list. I should have.
2: <laughs> Would it have made your top ten? Yeah. Oh, dude, totally it's forgot it's about so, it. oh wow. it's
3: so well done. It's like this this interesting story about their obsession with Diego Maradona when he was coming oh, from wow. Barcelona to, to Napoli. Napoli and they were like his family, you know, like all the guys in the family like speculating, like, oh is Maradona gonna come? Oh, like, no, it's he's never gonna come and all yes, in- exactly. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um and, and and then there's a there's like a I don't want to spoil it, but there's Please a don't. reason as to why it's called the hand of God mm-hmm. and there's more to it than just Diego Maradona. Maradona's thing. <laughs> um the synopsis on Netflix kind of misleads you. Um It does.
0: <laughs> in it no does. way. Because I read that it. and I was like, oh, interesting. Um I was the one that was like,
2: bro, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I guess I, oh, damn, I knew it. I knew No it. one recommended this film to me, by the way. I'm on the outskirts. I didn't even hear it. Oh, no it really. was on our
3: list. It was on the list. It was, it was on the list. list. It was, it was on I just didn't list. check it off because I didn't want it to be a clue. Hmm. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> that manage. I watched it, but it was on the list. Yeah. Um so I really don't want to say much to like spoil the film, but it's a, it's a kid f- trying to find his way in this world and everybody has a different way of trying to lead him to that, to where he wants to be. And and he's kind of just lost, doesn't know you know, what direction to go, what to do, um, doesn't know who to rely on. And it's actually an autobiography of the director. The director, yeah. Of Paulo Sorrentino. It's about basically, you know, a, like a fictional version of his life coming up. As a child, and it takes place exactly where he grew up in in Napoli too. the same neighborhood, everything. I don't, um, I don't think it's a spoiler,
0: but it's him basically finding his craft of wanting to become a filmmaker. Yeah, mm. he
3: does like he he does want to become a filmmaker. You you get that like a little bit yeah. later on. Um, but I th- I feel like it's you think it's it's definitely I, more. I think it's more than more that. than that. Yeah. I think it's like just life in general, and what is the motive for him to live. When he is just a kid alone with no direction and has no one to mm-hmm. to guide him, you know. So, yeah. And there, there's some interesting film things in this movie. Yeah, there's way very, people try yeah. to motivate him, and mm-hmm. but I still thought it was very poetic. Either way, it makes it. Um, The one thing that I cannot get out of my head, and I don't know if you will see this when you guys go back the char- the main actor Filippo Scotti. That kid sh- one day should play, <laughs> he should play Cristiano Ronaldo one day in a biopic because they have, he has some facial similarities that looks like Cristiano Ronaldo I can in see his it. younger years. Yeah, maybe, yeah. No, it's a certain. In his after years? this podcast, I will put it up on the screen, his face, and show you will be face. like, that is Cristiano Ronaldo.
2: What's the name of this kid?
3: Don't look What's him up there. I have to show you a right, scene from fine. the movie. I guess I can't yeah.
2: say whether I agree or disagree, but. Okay. So. <laughs>
3: But it's fine. That was my number one. It, it, it sticks with me and I feel like I went back a few times and watched different scenes and each time I find something new and it's just very like deeply layered with symbolism and with like just poetic thought. Mm. Um, and it's one of those films that's like it's not your you know typical happy ending Hollywood-esque whatever. No, it's it's not. not one of those films. It's one of those films that's kind of just floating and up in the air. And I l and I love it. I love it.
2: You've convinced me. I gotta go watch it's it. It's good.
3: It's good. It's a great time. I
2: will say yeah, I'll say to the f- to the people listening, I there's a bunch of films I haven't seen yet that, that were on these that have been mentioned here. Tick Tick Boom I haven't seen. That's the uh, Hand what of God, is that what it's called? Hand of God, yeah. Hand of God I haven't seen. Um The Last Duel I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen Amarelli. So I got a lot to still wait catch the, on to. The Hand of
0: God, on. bro, the the way this film was color corrected was beautiful. Um I thought the Oh my gosh, the cinematography too. There's some shots in that movie. I'm like, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so like, this well thing is oh it's well so designing. well shot. Well acted. Um, it could. Po- it, I think it will most likely win best international feature unless um Drive My Car takes it. I think it's Drive My Car. Drive um, My Car is the front runner. Yeah. Right now. Um, I think. I wish we got to see Drive My Car because I'm hundred percent sure. hundred percent sure it would have been a top three for. Wow. Just because what I've read about the film, yeah. it just sucks that I couldn't see it because it's literally right up in my alley. Yeah. Um, but we yeah. m- we might get to see it before. Yeah, we might get to see it before, but I really want to see that. It just yeah. sucks that we didn't get to see it in twenty twenty one, which was released in twenty twenty one. But right. we just have to get this. Unless out. we, uh, I'm not gonna say that. Get in trouble. <laughs> but tr- yeah don't say it don't say it yeah. i know exactly what you're thinking <laughs> we'll say it <laughs> yeah. yeah after
2: the mics are off
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> be like, who the heck do these people work with the cia or something <laughs> no we don't we just uh, um mm-hmm. are they listening Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but um yeah uh so y'all these these were our top 10 list um i don't know how long this episode was but if you listened to
2: two hours and two hours minutes. and
0: 60 minutes of us <laughs> talking about our top 10 favorite movies of the year congratulations we love you and we appreciate you but if you haven't um we'll definitely make a post of each of our lists in a in a good format for y'all to see and check out these films we thank you guys so much for the support we are so excited for redox cinema and this new year because we have picked up um we've gotten on a on a good routine and on making episodes and just watching films um i know film releases a lot a lot of films are getting delayed right now because of the the new variant Mm. so we're trying to keep up with new releases as well but um we'll be back uh as soon as possible with new reviews out and new episodes we are trying to um you know be more creative with this and we're so excited for this new year and we thank you guys for the support and we love you all so much see See you soon Oh,